Best movie ever made. Roadhouse. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Polar bear fell on me. Two, take it outside. Three, be nice. Don't look like much to me. Opinions vary. What are you saying? Roadhouse is the best movie ever made. Ever fucking made. Ever. Okay. All right. Not too bad for that, as many that's tries something. as that took. Well, I mean, you can only do it once. That's all that matters. Welcome to Movie Brothers, hey, everybody. everybody. We're over the other side of our 100th episode, so it's all downhill from here. That was kind of our peak, and now we're just on our way down. Way to sell the show. <laughs> Welcome. This is going to be the best show we've ever had, actually. Just kidding. 101, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I'm just burping like crazy. How's it going over there? Are you all right? Well, it was a shitty week at work. I got home. I drank a beer. And, and now I am burping that beer before I try tonight's beer. What, what beer did you get for tonight? Well, we're on the subject. I can't remember if I've had this one before or not. Mm-hmm. I think I did, but I'm not positive. Okay. Don't worry. Nobody will judge whether you did or not. Well, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know if I like it or not. Anyways, <laughs> I tried to stay on theme. All right. Okay. I tried to stay on theme. Good. I'm proud of you. It, Trying to find some beers to be on theme can get a little difficult because I'm yeah. a little more limited on beer selection down here because Texas is more for like the cheap <laughs> beer pong yeah. beer. No offense, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Uh, but I think I found one. I think you'll appreciate it. I'm okay. drinking Fresh Kicks. Nice. I do appreciate that. It's a hazy IPA from Real Ale Brewing Company. Okay. I don't know. It's somewhere here in Texas, but I don't know where. All other ales are imposters, it sounds like. Apparently. apparently. That's the only real it's one. It's like the the lightest hazy IPA I think hmm. I've ever had. Interesting. Yeah. I also have a hazy IPA from the Avery Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. It's barely on theme, but I tried my best. In honor of the double deuce, I got a double digit hazy IPA. And that's the closest I could do. But it's very good. And it's a 10%, so we're going to have some time. I appreciate that. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a good on point. That that's that's on theme. That's on theme. <laughs> Thank that's you. Pretty good. Thank that's you. Pretty good. You have to give me uh, leniency because I give you a lot of leniency wow. in your beer selections. Wow. Have to, like you said. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> what next? Do you want to check it on the draft? We might as well. Wow. For for episode one hundred and one, we're a little stumbly <laughs> today. Don't judge us, folks. Yeah. It's been a week for both of us. It's true. It's not really our fault. It just is what it is. Uh, Okay, so let me share what we have going on in the draft. I know everybody is dying to know. If you've been following on social media, you've been a little bit updated. Uh, Dustin lost the lead from last week that he had. Um, As soon as Glass Onion came out at an 8.0 now, 
um, that went away. So I am in the lead there. He still has one and a half billion dollars ahead of me in the box office, though. Uh, 1.6 almost. And so, yes, yeah, so we've been talking about how we're going to solve that tiebreaker problem. I also officially moved down Asteroid City, even though it doesn't have a new date yet. But I do think Operation Fortune, they're talking about streaming it in January. And then the other one was something else. But if they stream it in January, that doesn't help you. No, it certainly does not. So I moved it out of this year and into next year. So everything above the line counts and everything below the line does not. There's one movie left, which is the big one, <laughs> the big kahuna. Which they're saying has to make like $2 billion just to break even. Yeah, it has to be like the fourth or fifth highest grossing movie of all time just to break even. Which is good motivation for it to gross a lot of money. So that, that could be good. I just need one and a half to tie you. So hopefully they get that in three weeks. I kind of doubt it, but it's possible. I mean, I'm a little worried that it might actually happen. I mean, it'll have to make more than Top Gun Maverick made in its entire run in order for me to tie or beat you. Yeah. But the other piece of news is that Top Gun Maverick is coming back to theaters <laughs> I know, for two I weeks. I saw that and was like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Yeah, for like, I think two weeks before it goes to streaming and also before Avatar comes out, they're like, you know what? Let's just put Top Gun back in theaters. And I'm like, thank you very much, sir. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it is the highest grossing movie of the year so far. Mm -hmm. So we'll see uh, how that goes. It hasn't been enough to save me yet, just on its own though. So yeah, that's where we're at. We're very, very close. We're in the last month of the year. One movie left, last month of the year. Uh, in a couple episodes, we're doing our 2023 draft, and I've been preparing like crazy for that. So I hope you bring your A game <laughs> to that draft. Because I've learned a lot of lessons this year. You're so like, angsty about this draft. <laughs> I have a lot of regrets about how mm -hmm. I did it because I made a lot of mistakes, but I feel like I learned from them and next year is going to go much, much better. I made a ton of mistakes. <laughs> Not drafting the Batman in the first round oh. was number one. Still can't Not believe drafting I Top that. Gun Maverick. I still can't yeah. believe if there's one thing that I said at the start of the year that I feel like I, I wish I could go back and just slap me, you know, that Batman hitting Robin meme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's what I'm like. I think Top Gun will have a big opening and then it'll just die off and not be that great. <laughs> yeah. And then I went and saw it and it just like dominated the box office and <laughs> it is still regarded mm. by many to possibly yeah. be the best movie release this year. Uh, yeah. It's the highest rated in the draft for so sure. Although The Fablemans is very close at 8.2. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting last couple weeks. I am excited to go see Violent Night. I'm going to go watch Santa Claus Kills Me. Oh, guys. yeah. That should be Yeah, fun. the one with that guy from Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a fun one, which I'm kind of yeah. like, I bet it's not that great, but it might be super fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, I always enjoy all those kinds of movies. Like there was Santa Slay, 
S-L-A-Y with uh, Goldberg, yep. I think, The Wrestler. <laughs> uh, there's all those kinds of movies from the 90s that I just love. So it feels like that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of new movies, you watch yeah. anything new and... And what? <laughs> just and? Yes, I did actually watch two new things. Cool. Uh, one I know that you have seen, so we could talk about that. Although I think you already kind of did. Uh, I watched Don't Worry Darling, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I felt. So I wanted <laughs> to like it. Like I was started it, and I was like, this isn't too bad. I was trying honestly to like it, even in spite of the like bad press, press that it got. But the longer it went on, the more I was like, I don't like this movie. Now I won't. Like, I won't spoil it, folks. But yeah, that ending, right? Just made yeah. you like. Yeah, I didn't like the ending. I didn't like the last half. I feel like there's a version of that movie <laughs> that could be made that would be good. Mm -hmm. Like it has all the pieces for it, but I think that it's just edited in a way and if you dropped some of the storyline and replaced it with something else with a couple of reshoots you could have a, a good movie but it, overall i think it's just it's a giant uh step for wives ripoff for one thing which is kind of not like, great not even and it's also decent ripoff like yeah just... it does it in the worst ways <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i wanted to like it but i don't like it i did enjoy trying to imagine shia labeouf in that role instead of harry styles i think it would have been a fun. totally different movie i do too i think that was that would have been better yeah honestly and it's not just because i don't like harry styles although that's part of it uh i i do think that in general he would have brought something completely different i i think he would have given that character a little more intensity. I yeah. think Harry Styles was just kind of, I don't know, a hot take. What? Who fucking cares? <laughs> Why do we give a shit about Harry Styles? Uh, so, like... Yeah, he's one of those people that became famous and then will always be famous just because he was famous and then he just gets put into stuff because he's a name people know. Yeah, and because he's, like, super, like, ooh, I'll be part of the woke culture. Anyways... He bothers me. I don't like yeah, Harry dressed, Styles. Don't at when me. they did don't that, like uh, when they did that Venice Film Fest, and and there was all that like drama about. Oh, did he spit on Chris Pine? Oh and yeah, all stuff. He was like wearing the silliest outfits the whole time. He dresses in such a weird way. Yeah, but that's like the thing. I think days. it's all for just uh, publicity. I, sure. I think the dude's full of shit. Don't add us. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other new thing I watched was Disenchanted, the sequel to hey, I Enchanted. Haven't, I haven't watched it yet. It was on my list, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Okay. If you like the first one, I think you'll like it. It was fun seeing them come back. Yeah. The story and the angle of it was really fun. Um, I It was it was good. It was totally uh, perfectly fine. Was movie. it more enjoyable than uh, Hocus Pocus 2? Yes. Cool. Cool. I think so. Cool. I would say so. I, I'm a bigger fan of Enchanted than I am of Hocus Pocus. That might have something to do with it. Wait, um, which I think I for so. uh, for people who have been with us for a while probably know that because <laughs> we both had Enchanted on our family movie or musical episode. It was one of those episodes yeah. that we both had it. I think it was on family, family because we... 
the musical one we said no disney oh yeah and it was disney oh yeah well, otherwise it would have been on there i love enchanted it's so good me too it's great <laughs> what about you have you seen i watched a handful of did. new things um yeah i did go see the fablemans and it is how is that is it excellent. great excellent it is very okay. good i think the craziest part about it is how like autobiographical how actually autobiographical it really is steven spielberg i guess mm. really tried to stay true to what growing up and what kind of storytelling through filmmaking did for him and mm. helped him get through some pretty uh big life moments and stuff very cool movie very fun movie uh if you are a fan of steven spielberg like not just oh i like his movies but like you've kind of followed how he makes films what his yeah. approach to it is and all that there's a lot of Spielberg Easter eggs mm. more in terms of his filming style. Okay. Which for me, like Spiel, when I, when I did video productions way too long ago, like <laughs> Spielberg style was the one that I yeah. kind of learned and followed. And it was fun catching all the little things in it. Uh, yeah. Fablemans mm. was great. If you want just a movie that, it's just it, it's calming it's a calm movie yeah it's very good okay. very well acted i think it's funny it, it still kind of weirded me out and i think the the rest of the audience that seth rogan is in it and he does a pretty good job <laughs> okay but i i have found kind of like humor in he hasn't done a single piece of like publicity <laughs> for the film and all that and i i can't help but wonder like Spielberg was all, yeah. I like having you in the movie. Like, don't but ruin you it. You smoke too much weed. So, <laughs> yeah, you're not exactly what we're going for. <laughs> right, right. But he does a good job in the movie. I mean, the acting is stellar in this movie, which you don't, you don't go to a Spielberg movie figuring like, oh, the acting's going to suck. No, it's really good. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, Fablemans was, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I went yeah. and saw. And I, I love the, I love Paul Dano especially. Yes. Oh, he's awesome in it. It's so. <laughs> I loved watching him in the Fablemans, where he plays just mm -hmm. kind of a very intelligent, quiet dad who's just trying to do yeah. what he needs to do. Considering he ends the year with this role, from how he started the year for all of us, where he plays like a Zodiac killer, serial killer Riddler. <laughs> uh yeah very polar opposite but very fun to see the the range yeah, i went and sure. saw the menu okay which i've was, heard a lot about it but i have no idea really I, anything about it it is not for everybody i would say it's not everybody's cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> all right you can just turn the podcast yeah. off now <laughs> yeah sorry guys <laughs> but no i loved it it was weird it's it was my kind of like, Jake, I think you would dig it. It's just so okay. offbeat. Uh, very fun. Very dark humor. Very, okay. very dark humor. Uh, that piques my interest a lot more than it originally did. Yeah. When, it, when I've seen like stills and small promos and just basic things, I'm like, oh, it's like a chef movie. It sounds boring. Yeah, to me. It, it's, it's a little bit more than just a chef movie. It, it's cool. I think you would okay. dig it. Um, cool. I watched Slumberland on Netflix with Jason Momoa. What's Slumberland. 
Tier. Oh yeah. Okay. I th- I think I have heard of this. You want just a a good family fun adventure film? Yeah. Pop it's it. where it's like fantasy, where he's yeah, got like the yeah. whole. Outfit. They go into dream world. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Like when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, that was enjoyable. And mm-hmm. then I started thinking about it and told some people about it and was like, no, no, the, the, this was a great movie. I think yeah. everyone should watch it. It was super fun. Uh, okay. And then the last new thing that I watched was strange world. That new Disney animated that just came out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard mixed things about that. Uh, if you want like a super preachy woke just to be woke for woke sake. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I guess you it's can like go what see everybody's afraid. Strange world. Everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid Disney's becoming that. And it sounds like it's not helping. Uh, I think it's the final proof that, yep, this is what Disney cares <laughs> about now. Uh, okay. I didn't hate it. Like it, it's got some fun little moments, mm-hmm. but even my daughter, who I went and saw, it, she was like, "I thought you would think it's a little preachy." And I was like, "I did, <laughs> I did." <laughs> That's amazing. But I didn't hate it. Like it, it was all right. The animation is cool. I really like the animation. But... Yeah. And then I think I okay. watched something else new, but I can't remember. So, and that was all I wrote down. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Uh, before we get into the episode, I had one more thing I wanted to bring up and ask you about. Uh-oh. Kind of like a little movie news thing. This is not new news, but you and I haven't talked about it. And also we haven't told any of the listeners about it. So, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Obviously, you know that DC has shaken up everything and they have made James Gunn and some other guy, the co-CEOs of DC studios, not just movies, but TV and games as well. Animation movies and all that stuff as well. Um, So I'm curious what you think about this. Are you hopeful? Are you excited? Are you, we haven't talked about it. We haven't talked about this. But it's been like a month or so. Oh this my god! How have we we <laughs> talked about this? Not like really. Oh. I think that we've both posted maybe small things oh. on the Instagram or something. Oh, that. But weird. we haven't actually like aired it out. What okay. do you think of that? Is okay, that good. Is I could have sworn I talked to you about it. Um, I am hopeful. I have. I'm texting your wife, by the way. Um, <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> Tell her to stop interrupting the podcast. Now that that's my fault because I totally forgot to reply to her yesterday. Oh, and then <laughs> talking to you, I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> she's going to be in trouble." Uh, yeah. yeah. So I was. Um, All right. I am good. hopeful. I think James Gunn is a good choice. I think my only reservation, and it's actually a small one, because I think James Gunn is going to approach it. Mm-hmm. With the mentality of the fan base and with the mentality of like s- trying to stick true to the comics and not worrying so yeah. much about other stuff, um, mm-hmm. which is how he approached the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I know some people are like, but the Guardians is so funny. It is, mm-hmm. but it's also true to source. The Guardians yeah. comics have a lot of humor. It's supposed to be kind of silly with darker moments, which he 
has done a masterful job of doing. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful for it. I think he's going to do all right with it. I think, I think it's off to a really good start with black Adam coming out mm-hmm. and gun being, yeah, Henry Cavill is our Superman. He's already come out and been like, we're not doing this where we're going to have four or five Batmans. Like we're going to have one dude. We might mm-hmm. talk about, you know, the multiverse stuff, but we don't want to focus on multiverse things. We want to focus on our, like, yeah. our DC world, which I actually really appreciate. I think that's the first good step, just being clear that they're he's not approaching this with, we're going to be Marvel, where we have right. to focus on this. He wants to just focus on singular stories, maybe meld in some crossovers, the big one he has talked about, which is kind of crazy thinking, but he does want to do a Marvel and DC crossover. Could be yeah. fun. It could also be a giant train wreck, considering the it only characters be. that we really care to see crossover are like no longer in Marvel. So Yeah. Yeah, it could be a <laughs> massive train wreck. I don't know what, what that and would it, look it like. It could never come to fruition. You know, it's just stuff yeah. that they're talking about. But I think Gun is a good choice to have. Hopefully, um, <laughs> mainly just because I think he's going to approach it from the same approach or <laughs> approach, uh, the same way that he did Guardian or Guardians of just, yeah, I want to bring the source material to life. The fan base wants this. He is. I think it's cool that he has come out and been like, we want to show different characters. Yeah, so that the audiences I, don't see the same four. I think that's good, but I think that there needs to be. I think it'll take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. Like he did. A, he did that a lot with the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. He's like, I and I commend him for loving all of these different oddball characters that are generally small, like Polka Dot Man, but also. I don't know that hardly anybody cares about polka dot. Right. Man. Right. And so but I there's think, you need, you still need to be able to foster those Titans. I, I think he's going to do well with the heavy hitters. Obviously the Trinity will be the mm-hmm. big ones. Um, but I think splicing in or like interjecting some of the smaller side characters, that could be a lot of fun to see. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so, I, I have hopes for his meetings with Dwayne Johnson because Johnson has mm-hmm. a very clear and because of the success of Black Adam, Johnson also has a mm-hmm. little or even more pull yeah. in what he wants. So, And Johnson has been coming out and been like, we don't give a shit about critics. We don't give a shit about Marvel. We're trying to listen <laughs> to the fans for once, which I think is huge. Yeah. Now we just got to see if they follow through with <laughs> Yeah. What they're saying. Yeah, I think that would be the best thing is to just focus on the fans, especially because it came out recently yeah. that Marvel's writers literally say, if you are a fan of the source material, that's like a red flag for them. <laughs> right. They want like new stuff, which is scary to me. <laughs> I certainly want people who know and love and care about those things yeah. to make them because everybody who's watching them also knows and cares about those things. Like that kind of mentality only works if it's brand new material for young generations. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for Marvel writers to come out and say, like, we don't want fans in the comic books to really go see the movie, you're kind of like, 
you're alienating like 85% right. of your audience who right. are all adults who grew up mm -hmm. reading these stories. So don't do that. Don't be an idiot. Um, yeah. The, the one thing I'm the most like, I guess, tentative about is, is the idea of incorporating a universe. And so DC has been very disjointed. They've had like a separate TV thing and separate animated movie thing and a separate game thing. And then, the movies themselves have kind of been separate because they have like the Batman and Joker and those don't have anything to do with anything. But so they're saying they want those things to now all be connected. I worry that it's too late for that. Yeah. That that should have been done 10, 15 years ago, but <laughs> right. now people are, people are burned out on it and they would rather have individual things. Yeah. I think that the, the Marvel doing that, people liked it for a while but now it's too much it's to too much to content up with. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like when we did our big Marvel, I'm, I'm fine with, I mean, it's exhausting, but I am fine with just the infinity saga, right? Like it's 22. <laughs> I could deal with, I could deal with over 20 movies, right. 22 <laughs> movies. And it told a really cool story for the most part. Yeah. Like it's done really well for the most part. Minus mm -hmm. a few hiccups, but that happens. <laughs> uh, and it has a great conclusion. Marvel yeah. has totally fucked up and lost their way. I'm, I'm with you. I think DC... I think doing fun little cameos or maybe crossover yeah. with the big guys here and there. Cool. Yeah. I think it's good to connect them for the people that care. Yeah. But don't like don't depend on it so much that you're lost if you didn't watch that right. series on HBO like, Max. We don't that, need that nobody really watched. <laughs> we don't need Batman showing up in every DC movie. We don't need. Mm -hmm. We don't even need his name to be really dropped in every yeah. DC film. Um, we don't need. This will sound ironic, but we don't need Superman flying in at the end of every DC film now. Granted, yeah. he's got a head finally. Thank you, Henry. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we don't need DC trying to, like, desperately keep everything completely tied together. Like, you can have separate right. stories. You can treat it like an actual comic book where yeah. every now and again a character might run into each other or, you know, have to fight e each other or fight with one another. Um, yeah. You can do that periodically, but... Apparently, it's a 10-year plan that they are mapping out, which I know everyone's like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Reality <laughs> is, that's like, we might get six movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're just starting <laughs> yeah. it. It's going to take a while to get it up and running. Yeah. And honestly, no one knows still if it's going to continue the Snyderverse, but kind of tweaked, or yeah. if Black Adam is officially the start of the whole new DC run, which I kind of think Black Adam is the new beginning. Yeah. So probably, but it's, uh, yeah, it's tricky. It'll be like, you have the original Shazam that, and then you have Black Adam and now you have another Shazam coming out, but is that going to have anything to do with that? Does right. that matter anymore? And Aquaman and Flash are coming out next year. Do they matter anymore? It's it's all it's over the place, space. and it, it doesn't help that they keep like putting uh, Viola Davis. Nothing against Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. She's awesome. She's perfect for the character, but yeah. she keeps popping up too. And it's like I thought 
gun suicide squad wasn't necessarily connected but it is connected but then peacemaker is now like canon like what yeah what is happening i heard about that it's all a mess i think i think they're gonna have to iron it out hopefully Mm -hmm. sooner than later uh if anything maybe just pull the good old hollywood trick of how do you correct plot hole and all that just throw in a couple <laughs> quick lines of dialogue to be like, and that's the right. explanation. Move on. <laughs> right. Right. We might need is it, that. Is it, thank you for smoking, where they're like, how do we so, have these guys smoking in space? We'll just throw in a line of dialogue. Yeah. Hey, thank God we invented that thing that lets us smoke in space. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's um, perfect writing. So I'm cautiously <laughs> optimistic. That's fair. But more I would on say the I'm a little bit side. I'm a little bit more jaded and skeptical, but I also think Warner Brothers and Discovery have been rudderless for so yeah. long that anything is a better <laughs> having any plan is probably better than what they've been doing. So I'm cool with it. Until the first movie come out that sucks and then I'm off <laughs> the train. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Now. I'm sorry for that aside, but I needed to get it out there. I was very curious, and I thought it'd be better to talk about it here than just text you. So, fair enough. So, today's episode is pretty fun. I think it's fun. I don't know how you ended up with it. I haven't talked to you since we kind of assigned watching this movie, and I know you haven't seen it before, so I could be anything. Very close to texting you the couple times that I watched it, and then I was like, no. No, you can't because we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. Um, so if you didn't stick around for the last or like the end of our, our last episode where we told you what today is, uh, we are going with a classic 80s. I don't even know what to really call it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an action movie. It's kind of a romance movie. It's uh, I guess a lot of great great action movies are romance movies. That's kind of a weird thing to say. But it's it's a weird kind of It's an interesting movie. movie. It's it's different. It's an interesting movie. Uh folks, we are talking about Roadhouse. 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 The beloved Roadhouse that I feel like I hear people love it and I'm not I was like really Roadhouse? You Dude. love Roadhouse? Is that even possible? <laughs> now that I've seen it, I could kind of get it i so here i guess off the top <laughs> general feelings we're, we're going to talk all about roadhouse we're going to spoil the yeah, shit out of roadhouse yeah. so if you haven't seen it a movie from 1989 you should go see it it was fun it was worth mm-hmm. watching i would say uh, it was definitely a good time to watch but before we get into spoilers just generally how did you feel did you like it did you enjoy it what do you think about roadhouse uh, i did enjoy it it Okay. It was weird. So the first, I watched it a couple times. Okay. First time I'm yeah. watching it, I was like an hour into it. And this was when I was almost texting to be like, how the fuck are we going to deep dive <laughs> into this movie? Like there is yeah. nothing to deep dive into. <laughs> yeah. It's very surface <laughs> for very, a long very, time. So I was like, there's no metaphors. There's no deep meanings. There's nothing philosophical. Like, what are we going to talk about and i'll be honest that first viewing i was kind of like i don't know 
if I like this movie or not. I was very <laughs> just kind of like, I don't know how I feel because it has yeah. such a reputation. It's been put on such a huge pedestal that it was interesting to try and figure right. out where's this hype coming from. Mm-hmm. By the time the credits rolled, I was just kind of sitting on my couch and I was like, all right, I guess, I guess now I start doing it. Cause my pro preparing for the show for me, yeah. I watched the movie Peek behind the curtain. Yep. Yep. So I'll, I'll pop the movie on. I try to like, I'll have my phone and the computer with me so I can do multiple like tidbit searches and all that. But the first viewing I do, I really try to just just watch the movie. And then the second viewing is usually the one where I don't really watch it. It's just playing in the background while I'm reading all the, the little stuff. Yeah. Unless I hate the movie, in which case I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to do all my other stuff. <laughs> yeah. I kind of do that, too, where I, I put it on again in hopes that I like catch something right. new or notice something I missed or whatever. Um. And when I was doing my little, like, learning about the movie and just, I typed one question into Google when it ended. (laughs) It was, why is Roadhouse so popular? And I wasn't trying to ask it for, like, shitty reasonings or any, or reasons or anything, like, nothing. You're like, who cares about Roadhouse? I was genuinely just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Where does the following come from? Like, what are people yeah. attaching so deeply to this movie? Yeah, it's kind of like a cult movie, and so you're curious about like who like, are these cult followers not just that cult actually film, like... like fans of Roadhouse are like fans. They regard it as right. the greatest film ever made to date. And it's like, that's a bold statement. Like, I'm, I get it. Some of our all-time favorites might not yeah. be for everybody. Sure. Right. But Roadhouse? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can say that at least at least facetiously about, like, Die Hard or something. Right. You'd be like, Die Hard is the greatest movie of all time. People are like, I get why you like Die Hard. But Roadhouse, Roadhouse is like a, a different, different movie. And then I came across a, an article that I was like, Oh, I get it. Because I I kept thinking about Roadhouse, and I kept thinking, like, uh-huh. oh, but that scene was cool. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> and I was like, I think I actually enjoyed it, but I didn't realize uh-huh. I was enjoying it when I was watching it. Like, it was very yeah. weird. Very weird. <laughs> so I found this article. Um, let me bring it up real quick. It was on Bro Bible. Uh, it's called Remembering Roadhouse. Super short article, but this guy put it into perspective where Roadhouse is super nostalgic, but not for obvious reasons. It was super nostalgic because it puts the viewers, especially, don't add us, but especially (laughs) males, into this mindset of when you were a little kid watching the action films or watching really any male-led film yeah the lead would like go into some town make this huge impact on the town save it and Mm -hmm. then move on and that was almost like ingrained into our brains of that was the dream you were going to be a hero and then you would move on and you'd have cool one-liners and your reputation would precede you 
Yeah. It's like that meme, the, uh, the masculine urge to, uh, show up in yeah. a town and save it and then right. ride off into the sunset. Which is perfect because then I also found another article where it was like, people love Roadhouse because it was a modernized Western. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's weird. How do you call that? And as soon as I was like thinking like, how is that a Western? That like light bulb slapped to the back of the head half and I was like, oh my fucking God. This is yeah. straight Western. A hundred percent. It's a Western. And I, moment I had that thought, Jake, I was like, no, I love Roadhouse. I love yeah. Roadhouse. I had the exact same realization. I kind of came across it differently, but I also was like thinking about the movie, thinking about the story. I was like, why is this so good? And then I was like, I kind of get it. It's a view into a culture that most people don't really know anything about, like being a bouncer uh, of a club and all that. And you get to see how he like approaches it with like a mentality. And I think that's very interesting. Um, But I ended up getting to that same exact point where I was like, you know what? It is exactly like a Western in the fact that he comes to town. He doesn't don a sheriff's badge, but he might as well. He may as well. His his reputation and, is all over the place. Yeah, and he starts cleaning it up. He starts kicking people out. There's a gang of bandits or outlaws that he has to like deal with. And, and yeah, it's... Like I, th- I don't think that neo westerns have been a thing until like the last ten, twenty years, but they've become very popular. This may be a, like among the first neo westerns. This may have so started the trend without ever actually meaning to be that. Everything I read about it <laughs> yeah. was like there was nothing I found ever said that the directors or the writers intended for like this kind of because it, it flopped yeah. at the box office but you would never believe that now considering how popular yeah. and huge the movie is it's gotten more and more popular as time's gone on for sure yeah i it was fun it was super fun. <laughs> yeah and the people that have made it um directors and writers and the people that wrote the story and stuff they haven't done much else right. that's very like <laughs> notable so it's hard to say like oh yeah they like this or they're good at this or they have these kind of ideas or things they like oh i really have no idea if they meant to do this or not but it they did they accomplished something pretty darn good i i do feel like i enjoyed it yeah. like i was watching i was like i get it like i get why people like this movie it's a fun time there it's got everything it's, it's got fights it's got romance it's got sex it's got nudity it's got all the stuff you it's got a villain that you hate because he's a total douche you want him to get his ass whooped his henchmen are (laughs) the dumbest henchmen i've seen in a film in a long time but they're part of the lore um i lost my train of thought right there yeah i oh the second time i watched it i kept Mm. thinking i wanted to text you so bad to be like Dude, if you haven't gotten around to watching this yet, this is your <laughs> kind of movie. I was like, I thought of you the whole second time I watched it. I was just like, yeah, yeah. Jake is probably watching this right now, being like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Because I, yeah, I as I was watching, I was like, I I definitely enjoy 
everything that's happening. Like there are parts that are weird oh, for yeah. sure. And I'm, I'm like questioning, I guess why I think mm -hmm. I have some theories about it. We'll get into that. But overall, I definitely think it's a really fun movie and it does all the things that I would like a movie mm -hmm. to do, especially a movie from the late eighties. Yeah. It's just, it's a fun time. And like you said, there is a nostalgia factor, even though, okay. So spoiler alert, we said last week that we've both never seen this movie. I realized as I was watching it, I have seen this oh, really? before and I didn't realize it until we got to the throat rip. Oh, okay. Because I, I remember that. I was like, I thought that was from a different movie, but uh, when he rips out the guy's throat, I was like, whoa, I have seen this. I don't know why I remember the throat rip and not, because I saw it when I was like a teenager. I don't remember, well, I don't know why I remember the throat rip and not like the sex and boobs and all There's the other so stuff going on. In this movie. There were so <laughs> many boobs. But for some reason, that guy ripping, or when Patrick Swayze rips out that guy's throat, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that being awesome. <laughs> and me being like, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> so I have seen it. I just don't remember anything about the movie other than yeah. that. So it was fun to like revisit it and relearn well, it. Well, I, I realized that I was correct. I had never watched the full thing, but I remember mm. seeing a couple of the scenes when I was a little kid, not mm. the throat rip. Um, it sure. was like one of the bar fights. Uh, it was a bar fight with the boot where he tells him like, you're yeah. too stupid. To... Oh, fuck. I forgot the line. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. uh, I remember seeing that, that scene and thinking it was hilarious that he's telling this guy trying to kill him that he's dumb. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I never watched the full thing. <laughs> and I, there's some, there's some good lines. And I had to laugh because I was also, you know, thinking, man, had I actually seen Roadhouse as a kid, yeah, I definitely would not have seen the, the R-rated theatrical cut, I would have watched the <laughs> right. very censored, toned down TV version. Yeah, TV version. <laughs> so I was like, I would have remembered all the violence because the fight scenes are fun. They're ridiculous, yeah. but they're fun. I would yeah. have remembered a guy's throat getting torn out by hand because, <laughs> damn. Who doesn't? <laughs> right. Yeah, And I definitely would have remembered that many boobs in a film mm -hmm. like yeah i would have remembered that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but you said that there's like a nostalgia factor mm -hmm. to it even though i don't remember seeing it watching it now i still kind of like that yeah. nostalgia factor of a movie from the 80s and it has kind of all those things you talked about where there's a guy who comes to town. He's like the hero. He saves the town. He goes off. It reminds me of like so many movies that are even movies that aren't good, but I enjoy them like Steven Seagal movies <laughs> from the eighties and nineties. It's like, yeah, it's a fun time to see him come in in under siege and kick ass and then have boobs in a movie and all this stuff. It's a great time. So there's, I, it's just like, I guess, a movie of that era yeah. that I don't know if it would work well later and they are trying to remake it. I was going to say, we're, we're going to find out because they apparently want to remake it with Jake Gyllenhaal, which yeah. nothing against him. McGregor but of all people. When I was watching it, knowing like, oh yeah, they're, they're wanting to remake this. Like there's yeah. no way 
they're gonna remake this movie. Like they'll do yeah. it. You could make like a twenty percent of the story and then replace everything else they're, because it would not work. They're gonna anymore. fuck it all it would, up. It's gonna be too focused yeah. on like the club scene, which is gonna get real annoying. I mm-hmm. I think this will sound like mean towards pretty much every actor. I don't mean for that, but <laughs> Patrick Swayze at that point in his career coming off a couple yeah. like massive rom or romantic films. Cause they're not even really romantic comedies, but romantic films. Like he was the face yeah. of romance for a while. He does this He's a dreamboat. He does. Ghost, and then he does point break like and dirty dancing. Yeah. I mean, he was an icon. He had this whole, mm-hmm. uh, I've been drinking, so I lost my word. Uh, he had <laughs> a certain like kind this... of swagger for that era. Yeah. And oh, only sure. he could have delivered like the the scenes in Roadhouse where he's telling people <laughs> to be nice until it's time to mm-hmm. not be a nice, which is such yeah. a like, okay, <laughs> kind of line. But yeah. you buy it, you, you're mm-hmm. like all for it because he just had that ability to sell that character. He was mm-hmm. the only actor to do that. And I think trying to replicate it and they're going to try to replicate it. They're probably going right. to give the same dialogue to someone else. And it's going to come across very like, <laughs> Ooh, that's yeah. cringe worthy all over the place and not right. in a fun, like campy way. Um, right. I don't think a remake's going to work. It's not a movie I think should be remade. And I re- yeah. I, get, I just watched it. Mm-hmm. But I think it holds its own where it needed to hold it. And it's kind of proven. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's a, it's a product of its time. It's a product of Patrick Swayze at that era. Like you said, he's at his peak. Yeah. I think that so much of Roadhouse seems to be, at least when I was watching it, I don't know like for sure, but I, when I was watching it, I was interpreting this scene in this movie. A lot of it has to do with the fact that Patrick Swayze is who he is. <laughs> right. He has a status that he has. And so that's why this romance scene is like going on so long because there's a lot of like Patrick Swayze swagger throughout the movie in the sense that he is that guy who can just be very quiet and calm and powerful. And he is really good in this role. He perfect in this role, but, but he also like, they also give him the opportunity to make, the audience happy in the mm-hmm. sense that there there are going to be uh, ladies who watch this movie and really enjoy the fact that he's a shredded guy with a mullet with tight jeans who is just in control of the situation kicks ass when he needs to is very gentle and romantic when he needs to like there this movie is just like the patrick swayze show he, the whole time yeah he uh he kind of personifies like the male in Roadhouse. Yeah. Like he, like what, <laughs> how you just described it. He's gentle. He's fierce when he needs to be. He can hold mm-hmm. his own. He's confident. He doesn't have to engage in arguments or fights. He can just kind of sit back quietly, but he still has an impact on the room around him. 
Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, that's what us guys have always wanted, right? <laughs> We've always, that's right. <laughs> like, we want to be that guy where we can walk in a room and people are like, oh shit. Yeah. It's him. Yeah. He's a guy not to fuck with, but when you do fuck with him, he can hold his own. <laughs> right. Like, that's the, the goal. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, it, this movie feels like Dirty Dancing for Dudes. In the sense that if you take Dirty Dancing and you replace all the dance sequences with fight scenes, <laughs> and then you take all the romance scenes and leave ro- them as romance scenes, then you get romance. You get Roadhouse because there's a lot of fighting, like a lot of fighting, so much fighting that's just put throughout the movie that it keeps you excited and interested <laughs> right. in it. But also, there's a lot of like romance and like. Patrick Swayze, oh, there's a ton of romance and uh, sex and nudity and all this stuff. It's just it's got everything for everybody. I see why people like it. Yeah, I I get it. I I still I don't think there's any like super deep meaning to it. I think the complete yeah. allure or connection people have to the movie is just it. It obviously is making audiences feel very specific ways. It clearly did it to you and I, where we both yeah. like immediately just kind of connected, going, "Oh yeah, like that was what I wanted to be." And to me, when I had the Western <laughs> connection, that really yeah. sealed it for me. It was very much like, "Oh, this is great!" <laughs> like I really, really dug this movie. It made me feel. Yeah. That's an archetype that we love, obviously. It it put me back in that kind of uh, childhood mentality of like, you'd watch a movie and then you'd go and play in your room. Well, I don't know. I used to do this where I'd like go play in my room (laughs) and then pretend that I was that character or a character very similar. And I'd be able to create whole stories out of it. Um, The amount of times I stood on the arm of our couch and jumped off (laughs) wishing I could fly because I just watched hook. <laughs> right. That that's exactly my entire childhood. <laughs> You're not going to fly. I just, to, Watch I just me. have to think a happy thought is all I have to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought like there was some very interesting things to me. It was weird for me seeing a young <laughs> Sam Elliott who still doesn't look that yeah. young. <laughs> he doesn't look that young, but Sam Elliott is like he's my favorite part dude. of this movie. He's like he's a dude. Like he is he's he's incredible. He's just the way that he's so they, they set it up in the beginning, which I kind of missed the first time I watched it, and then noticed the second time when Patrick Swayze tries to get hired to by mm-hmm. that guy to like come clean up his bar. Uh, he's like, well, I wanted the best. And Patrick Swayze is like, well, I'm not the best. Uh, Wade Garrett's the best. And Wade Garrett is Sam Elliott's character. Uh, And then he's like, well, Wade Garrett's getting a little old, but he's still the best. Uh, When he shows up and he's just like, I've never seen Sam Elliott like this. And I was like, Sam Elliott is like long hair, kind of ripped, kind of like ready to to bust some faces in. He's a He's the coolest I've ever seen him. We grew up in a time where Sam Elliott had a a pretty distinct stature in movies. Mm -hmm. Like, whether we watched a lot of his stuff or not, 
you heard the name Sam Elliott and you immediately were just like, that that's a guy yeah. that uh, like he just commands respect. Like you just he's a guy. Yeah. Like you said, he's he's a dude. He's he's yeah. the guy. And it's mostly about his voice. Right. Like he's always had an incredible voice. But in this movie he had like a but I I don't know if it's the youth or what, but he had a presence and yeah. he was an absolute stud. For in this me, movie. when he showed up and like when he finally has a couple scenes, I just sat back and was like, Oh, I get it i 100 percent finally after so many yeah. years understand <laughs> sam elliott's allure like i get it it clearly yeah. had to have been this movie that made the whole world just be like <laughs> sam fucking elliott <laughs> yeah yeah i did see a thing that this is the movies like most recognized yeah. for that people will stop him on the street for and i was like I didn't understand it until I saw it. I was like, I love Sam Elliott and all of the other things he's done. But this one, I'm like, I, you are a stud. <laughs> like, like, I totally I, get, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, mustache or not, this dude just like, I would not mm -hmm. want to toil with this guy because he probably yeah. took the shit out of me. Old <laughs> or not. And he's, he's a lot like uh, Patrick Swayze's mm -hmm. character, Dalton, where he's He's this tough like guy who's – he's not what you would expect me to think like, oh, I'm a bouncer. I'm the best bouncer of all time. You expect like a jacked dude. And they say in the beginning, uh, that guy, when he's talking to Patrick Swayze's character, Dalton, he's like, oh, you're a lot smaller than I thought you would be. And I think that's very intentional in the sense that you don't have to be – you don't have to be jacked in order to be a good bouncer. In fact, right. in fact, he fires like the big, the most jacked dude because he doesn't have the right mentality to be a good bouncer. But I think that uh, Sam Elliott's character is kind of the same way where he's, he's a little bit wiry. He's a little bit, uh, he's certainly slender, but he's still, he's pretty, he's shredded. And, but he also has, is like, kind of light on his feet and romantic he takes this girl out dancing they go to lunch like with just the three of them uh dalton and their whole Babe, like and then that lunch girl. to overnight just hang out or whatever it ended up being i was like this yeah. is a long time to hang out in the diner <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's they go to lunch at a diner that's mostly empty and then like they're just decide sam elliott decides to dance yeah. with this girl who's who's interested in uh, patrick swayze's character he just in asks her to dance starts dancing around and he's very i just i don't know i've never been that guy but i feel like it'd be cool to be that guy he, where you could just be he just has so much bouncer. i guess confidence like he, yeah, he doesn't give a shit it. he knows obviously he's not going home with the girl and he's doing a mm -hmm. lot of it one, he wants to dance with her because it just seems like a good idea at the moment. But he's also yeah. kind of jabbing Dalton a little bit, trying to get him to be like, <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah. yeah, you can sit back and just go with the flow, but maybe it's mm -hmm. time to you know, take a step forward or like make a move for the first time, you know? Yeah, make that's true. He's move. not like... He's not trying to like <clears throat> hit on this girl or yeah. take her home or whatever. Obviously, she's with Dalton, but he is just kind of being polite, being nice, being romantic. Like the like the number one rule of Roadhouse is you need to be nice <laughs> right. as long as possible until it's time to not be nice anymore. Like you said, and he yeah he he's very nice. He's being nice to her. He's showing her a good time and just 
being friendly. But yeah, then he he is a friend of Dalton, and he's just kind of jabs him, like you said, of like something's eating you up. I need to know all that stuff. Uh, I mean, we'll probably get into it. So, <laughs> is that a good place to start getting? Yeah, into yeah, we might as well this movie. If you feel like that's up your alley, go watch it. If you've already watched it, good for you. We're going to spoil Roadhouse, a movie from 1989, uh, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Like you said, it is surface for a very long time, but I think that I think there's substance to it for sure at the same time. It's a weird, it's a weird movie. There's also things that are very weird that I want to talk about because I don't know. I don't know that I understand it yet, so I kind of <laughs> need to get your buy-in on it as well. Mm -hmm so when uh, so we're going to spoil it that was the point of that so mm, caution I guess the point of when uh, when the movie opens and Patrick Swayze gets approached he's at a very successful club he's the I guess the cooler is the yeah. name of the guy who is the manager of all the bouncers well, that... he doesn't generally bounce himself but that's like his actual, yeah, that's his real title, uh, where his, the mentality is not to really get into fights. Like he simply, mm -hmm. his whole purpose is to take a bad situation, get it outside and leave it there. Yeah. And he's kind of the manager who has his actual bouncers take mm -hmm. care of stuff most of the time. Um, that's how it should go. A lot of things that should happen don't really happen in this movie. He, when he ends up like talking to all the guys and he's like, here are the rules. You need to be nice as long as you can. You shouldn't ever start fights in the bar. You should always take it outside. Almost all of the fights are happening in, in the in bar. In the bar, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's the one involved in them. So he's not like really managing or cooling anything. He's actually just trying to bounce dudes it's just it gets out of hand i guess is the point of the movie but when he gets approached by the original owner of that club in i think it's kansas city uh, or outside kansas city and he tells him hey i need you to help me out and he's like sure he gets paid five thousand dollars up front in advance and five hundred dollars a night yeah I don't know how many nights this club is open a week it's, or bar. It's a bar. It's open seven nights a yeah, week, I yeah. bet you. He gets paid 500 bucks a night. A night. Even in 2022 dollars, which are like ruined from inflation. But even in that, I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> you're making a shitload of money. He's making bank. And that's on top of all the renovations that the, the Double Deuce goes through through the course of the film true which is true. nuts and the yeah fact this that he has a trying. house band that plays <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think he says that he like came into some money he's trying to fix the place yeah. up and it's just so it's a local dive bar that's so unruly which that he's really is. trying to clean up but yeah, but before he gets hired to do this uh i actually really like how the movie kind of introduce you, introduces you, the audience, to how he handles bar fights. Mm -hmm. Where he, like, he lets it kind of, you know, let's, let's let, <laughs> let it play out. Maybe it'll diffuse itself. It probably won't, but I'll just sit there. Yeah. When they kick the guy out 
And mm-hmm. I was like, let's fight. And he's like, all right, outside. I was like, all right, we're going to like, let's start with a big old fight. <laughs> and then he literally mm-hmm. is just like, all right, bye. <laughs> but like goes back in the bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually thought that is such a, a great way. Cause the movie already, you know, marketing had to have been. Yeah. Cut scenes of fights, cut scenes of violence. Yeah. You're going to go to this movie to see people fighting in bars. Right. That's the point of the and movie. And when you're about to get like a big brawl, like Patrick Swayze, here we go. And he literally, yeah. like, he waves the guy off. He does the whole yeah. bye bye <laughs> and walks inside. Thought it was great. It's like, what a way. Like, that's a good tease. That means we're yeah. going to get something good soon, huh? <laughs> and it's kind of true to the bouncer subculture yeah. in the sense that. That is their goal. Just get you outside, then you're not our problem anymore. Right. <laughs> Once but you leave I, the door, also, you're on your own. I also thought it was funny. Uh, the second time I watched it, I realized, because I knew the rules that he had laid down, which was like, you uh, you need to be prepared for anything. Mm-hmm. It's what he tells the guys later on in the movie. And then rewatching this first confrontation with that guy, and he's, he's unruly, and then he has his bouncers like, constrain him and then the guy calms down and he lets him go and then dalton turns around and starts walking away and the guy stabs him in the arm i'm like you should have been ready you said be prepared for anything if he stabbed you in the lungs you would be dead like what are you even doing but it lets him take his shirt off and he gets to stitch himself up and you get that patrick swayze shredded look stitched himself up i was like (laughs) he just happens like is this such a regular thing for him where he's yeah, got the needle and thread where he's bouncer. like, oh, I'm pretty good at this, actually. He's had a lot of practice. He has, he's a professional bouncer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, the the I was very confused when, so the guy, that the owner that has him come out to his bar, he says, oh, I'll fly you out. Mm-hmm. I have your plane ticket. And Dalton like waves him off. He's like, no, no, no. It's it's too dangerous to fly, yeah. apparently. So he's going to drive out. I was, I did, I missed the part, apparently. Maybe I was looking at my phone or something. I missed the part where uh, he's, he switches cars because I saw him like drive up to the double deuce. Yeah. And then I saw the part where he goes to buy another car. I was like, why on earth are you buying another car? So, I'm so confused. You just drove all the way across oh, the country. So you missed to the this first place. time that he swapped cars. So he yeah. like, I forget what he does with the first car you see him with, but he gets, he like drives up. Yeah. He throws the keys to some guy on the street and the guy's like, what do you think? I'm a valet. He's like, no, you can keep it. And then he, he pulls the cover off of this really nice Mercedes in storage and then drives to uh, Kansas city in that. And then when he gets to Kansas city, he buys another car. Immediately purchases another car. (laughs) I was so confused for a while. And then I thought about it more and I was like, no, it makes a lot of sense. Actually, that's pretty smart because I I don't really know. I mean, I guess I could guess why he got rid of that first car, that New York car, because people may know it's his car and they, they will mess with him if they know it's his car. But it makes sense that when he, he takes this nice Mercedes, it's his personal car that he's, he loves. He drives it all the way to Kansas City, and then he, when he gets there, he spends his five thousand dollar advance to 
buy a new just used junk car that has really cool headlights that like pop open. <laughs> I've never seen that before. But uh, he just buys this like beat up car and it makes kind of a lot of sense to me. I think it's really smart because he drives this junker around as the car, as he drives it to the club because then people will know that that's his car and if they get upset with him because he kicked them out and they when they when they key it or when they break his windows it won't matter because it's not his like personal nice car stab the car with and the stop sign and just leave it sitting there yeah. that made me laugh out loud <laughs> <laughs> yeah which oh yeah all that does happen and yeah. then i was like oh that actually makes a I lot was, of sense i was with you i was very lost on like you don't have like a secret identity. Apparently everyone <laughs> knows who you are. Yeah. I thought I missed something. I <laughs> yeah. was like, you just drove from <laughs> New York to Kansas city and now you're buying a new car. I was so confused for the longest time until I until, rewatched it. Yeah. I, I caught on once I start destroying the car. Cause it's like <laughs> bit by bit. It's not immediately yeah. totaled or anything like that. It's like, yeah, Shattered they windshield. throw stuff through the windshield, yeah. and then he drives it around with a hole in the windshield for a while. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be a while before we get a new windshield for you. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Him, like, coming in. I also thought I, I like the idea, and they don't really mention it for the rest of the movie, but when he agrees to take the job at the Double Deuce, he tells him, like, okay, when we get your club to, like, your specs or whatever, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like, so he does, right. like, it almost to me, and I could be wrong, but I kind of took that where his character, the reason so many people know him, is not yeah. just reputation and word of mouth. He literally must go around the country yeah, to, like, I guess, uh, what what is that... Uh, all those TV reality shows, he basically does that without a camera crew where he goes, revamps the place, and then moves on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He He's not the most well-known because he just, like, is the best at the top club in the world, and he's stayed there for years yeah. and years. It's because he goes around the country and fixes clubs that are not able to keep their clientele in order and so that's what he's he does. Like, he's like, I will, I will come work for you. I'll get $500 a night. But as soon as we get it like in order, I'm gone. Yeah. Like I'm going to move on. And that's kind of like the, the desperado thing where he's just going to ride off into the sunset and go to the next town. Clean, help, help save the town inadvertently, which becomes the mission, even though that's <laughs> yeah. not how it started. Uh, yeah. And little did he know he'd be meeting a hot doctor. <laughs> but that's to come <laughs> yeah oh yeah there's a lot to come don't you worry um when when he first gets there and he's like rents that room from that old geezer uh and that he pays a hundred dollars a month for this like room on this farm from this guy uh, and i was like you make five months worth of rent a night like i couldn't get over how much money you're making i don't know it, even in 1989 dollars i was like i don't understand i, I love the why. old dudes like what he tells them well it's it's a hundred dollars a month and my brain immediately was like 
that's it. Like, can you afford that? <laughs> like, but then I was like, okay, it's 1980s. Everything was like obviously. It's 1980s in like rural Kansas, <laughs> right? Like, people I was like, okay, don't don't freak out yet. But then the old guy goes, "Are you gonna be able to afford that?" And my brain was like, all right, even for the 80s, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> like, the dude, <laughs> he's driving a Mercedes. That alone should tell you, like, he can afford right. something. <laughs> right. That scene cracks right. me up because it's such an odd scene to me. I don't know if it, like, mm-hmm. it just, it didn't make sense to me. And it's still just so random. It's almost okay. like they just needed the connection between the rich guy who happens to own the town just to have Dalton there. (laughs) Yeah. I do think there could have been a better way to introduce the fact that there is a rich guy in town who, who controls all of the like businesses Mm -hmm. around there. But yeah, that is the scene they choose to do it in where he's renting a room from the place and then a helicopter flies over and spooks the horses and it lands on the other side of this pond or whatever. And uh, it's like, oh, they're just he's in like a barn renting a room above the barn. And then across the pond, there's a mansion with a helicopter pad that this guy lands at and. And then, yeah, that's how they introduced the villain of the movie. I had to laugh. Sense. My, my brain was like weirded <laughs> out by just the randomness that this the obvious villain just happens to live in the this giant mansion across from a farmhouse. Like, what? Yeah. But <laughs> when the old man's like, I swear he just does that to piss me off. You know, to fly the helicopter around just to rile the horses in my head immediately. Yeah. And I didn't mean for the, it just kind of like, <laughs> wait a minute. It's like that rich guy can just use airspace whenever he pleases. Like he's not having yeah. any real clearance on anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have to call the FAA. He just does whatever he wants. I was like, damn, Kansas is nuts. Uh, <laughs> It's 1989. Nobody cares. True, true. My brain, like the scene, just felt so odd to me. It is kind it of just odd, felt weird sure. to me, and it was full of like some of the most random moments. I, I really love just the old guy. I, my biggest complaint might be I didn't get enough of that old farmer dude. I think more conversations yeah. with him between with him and Dalton would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I liked him a lot. I got like, I feel like Jack Elam also could have been great in that role. Yeah. I just had that like vibe. But I, I, yeah, I liked them for sure. And especially later on, he ends up like getting in danger, and and uh, Dalton has to like save him. It could, I feel like that could have hit harder yeah. if I had like been in. He had been in more scenes with him. Yeah, I think that sure. that kind of relationship would have been cooler to. Would have been a lot of fun to see get fleshed out just a little bit. Like, not make it the yeah. focal point, but it, it could have been. But then at the yeah. same time, I'm like, it's an action beat-em-up film in the 1980s. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You don't have too many long conversations <laughs> with the old guy <laughs> like, at the farm. They literally knew what the audience was coming to see, and they would deliver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Patrick Swayze's mullet and tight jeans and chicks and, in and bar boobs, fights, which and you bar get 
<laughs> his first night at the double deuce. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was like, I loved his calm. How he just walks in, hangs out at the end of the bar, just kind of shrugs everything off and just watches the shit yeah. show play out. <laughs> I, I loved how he's able to just pay attention and notice all the things. Like he notices that this bartender is selling drugs to people and this other bartender is pocketing money and cash and stuff. And it, yeah, and he's just kind of like taking mental notes of things that he needs to just like clean up yeah. and he does immediately he's like you're fired you're fired <laughs> you this bouncer he fires the biggest bouncer on the staff because he just doesn't have the right uh personality i guess for yeah, it he doesn't have, like and, the right temperament because when he first meet him the guy is like already you know running hot like he's so pissed yeah. off and ready to hit everyone around him and yeah, yeah. dalton clocks it and i was like that's good mm. people watching. I like how they show him just kind of sitting back, just watching. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like I like movies like that where you feel like he's a professional expert yeah. who knows the role and knows what's needed and is able to, I guess, decisively direct what what to do, how how to fix this. I think that the owner hired him because he didn't know how yeah. to fix it. He he has the power to fire all these people, but he doesn't have the ability to see what's happening in his own club. So he needed to bring this guy in who knows exactly what to do and he knows what's needed. And and I think that kind of decisiveness is really ex interesting to see. And experience. Obviously it comes from experience of him just being like I, I've done this a million times. I've seen a million people like you. And the fastest way to get to a solution is to solve it this way kind of right. thing. Uh, let, let's just dive. Well, not really dive, but let's just mention real quick. Uh, the bar patrons that you are introduced <laughs> yeah. to at the first bar he's in and at the Double mm -hmm. D's for like a good majority of the film until yeah. it starts getting yeah. cleaned up. Uh, well, I basically feel like up until most... they finally get rid of the chicken wire. We'll say that. <laughs> right. I feel like most of the... I thought it was interesting. I'd never really thought of this. But I'm, if you're trying to get a bar that people go to because it's a dive that nobody cares about and you can do whatever and start fights and all this stuff, you're trying to turn that into a nice place that people will enjoy and mm -hmm. bring a higher uh, level of clientele and all that stuff that the owner wants. I haven't really ever thought of that, but yeah, you do kind of need to establish new ground rules yeah. that, that people need to behave at a certain level of behavior, I guess. And, and yeah, it takes a while for these people to get it because they're used to anything goes Nobody cares. This chick's going to dance on the table. She's going to get like start taking her clothes off. Were... And these people are like, no, no, take it That's outside. Right. These people were gross to watch mm -hmm. for the first good while in this movie. Yeah. And I, and I had to think back. I was like, normally I probably wouldn't have thought too much on them or really focused on them at all. I'd be like, oh, they're pieces of shit and we move on. But yeah. I was really. Oh, I guess hyper aware, if you will, of just how gross mm -hmm. all the like 
drunk guys and the drunk women were, I mean, across the board, gross. Right. right. They're all for just, what's the word? Uh, oh my God, dude, I suck with words tonight. That's <laughs> oh, so fucking bad. Uh, it's just like they, they took everything that people should aspire to be just at the basis of decency right. and threw it all out the window. And it's like across right. the board. Some of the bouncers, the waitresses, the bartenders, the patrons, doesn't yeah. matter, male or female, they were all just gross to watch. And I was super aware of this and kind of bothered <laughs> by it because it was just like, yeah, I've been to a lot of bars. I've had my drinking partying days. You've seen me mm -hmm. in some of those days. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, I remember encountering people kind of like this, but you never focused yeah. and gave them the light of day. You just moved on or they just vanished into a memory. Uh, right. But I, I was like, why am I so focused on how gross these pieces of shit are? And I was like, <laughs> a goddamn offensive episode. <laughs> like, I have, I'm yeah. just like, oh, you're a bad yeah. human being. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was... A one or two moments where I was like, okay, Dalton needs to get in here and break this shit up because this guy's getting a little rapey. Like I'm a little concerned uh, that that could happen. And I've maybe it's definitely because of those movies. I, I think it was the scene ago. that got me. And I think you were probably on the same scene. We're probably on the same yeah. page. Uh, the hyper drunk chick, the super drunk dude who, who's like kind of talking for her. And then the two, idiots yeah and she's like playing with her tits and he's like mm -hmm. 20 bucks and you can kiss him <laughs> and he comes over and he's like groping the hell out of him she's thinking it's hilarious the whole time i was like yeah. this is i was like no 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 <laughs> yeah no, no, no. Like, can we like let's, let's move on from this <laughs> yeah let's bounce this guy right. that's we what i think <laughs> just just kick them all out <laughs> yeah no, I was in a hundred percent the same yeah. place, and I do think it's PTSD <laughs> from watching all those movies. Uh, <laughs> Hyper aware, all of a sudden, of gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. But there's a lot of those like moments where it's like they're focused on. I think it's like eighties being sexy kind of thing where they're focused on there's a there's a there's a, a hot chick at the bar and she notices patrick swayze and she's like trying to get his attention and it's it's very it feels very like 80s the fact that Patrick Swayze is so dreamy at this point, not just in the movie, but like in culture yeah. because of ghost, because of dirty dancing and all this stuff yeah, that they, yeah, the movie takes the time. Yeah. He's not in flash dance at all. <laughs> he's not in flash. He's not in uh, the one where the one with Kevin Bacon, where the town dances either. Just so you know, I'm, How many beers do you have? Two, but I'm I'm looking at the the ABVs and it and it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, you're like this. <laughs> but the 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 fact that Patrick Swayze 
outside of the movie in culture, in the audience's mind is so dreamy. I feel like the movie takes the time to let that like marinate. Yeah. And it, it's kind of one of the weird things about the movie in the sense that it, it actually just, I, I don't think it would do that just for the character. I think it's doing it for Patrick Swayze specifically. I think the scene that is like, Oh yeah, this is Swayze. Mm -hmm. This isn't Dalton. This isn't anything else. Mm -hmm. This is Swayze. And I couldn't find any confirmation on this, but my, my instinct tells me him doing his, uh, I, I I know I'm going to get it wrong, so don't judge us. <laughs> uh, I'll simplify it. His martial arts exercise in the yard <laughs> sequence. I wrote, he does Tai Chi. I don't know if that's what okay, it is. Okay, see, that's why like. I was like, I'm not going to try and call off like a, a style yeah. of his martial arts warm-up, stretching, yeah. meditation. It's what he does to keep his calm mentality and also his shredded yeah the whole time i was like nope this was the scene that the (laughs) studio execs were like we need more shirtless swayze and we need him like doing some kind of movement with his body but we already did the sex scene so don't worry about that yet right and not like aggressive fighting like just slow could be sexy if chicks are into right. it kind of thing. Yeah. That scene was the like, oh, this is we're just gonna <laughs> show off Swayze. Like we didn't yeah. get the workout montage. So we're gonna right. get like the not sweaty, oddly hairless. Did you notice that? Like <laughs> for the eighties? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I was like, well, maybe 2000s okay. this would be normal, but not eight, not late 80s. I wasn't originally going to admit this, but I feel like I have to <laughs> because you kind of know this. This is too. what two beers get you. <laughs> uh, during that sequence, there's this close-up shot of him where like, his arms are like out, right? And he moves okay. his body in. But the close-up uh-huh. is weird because you can see like, armpit and like the side it's a weird shot right okay he moves his arm and i paused it and backed <laughs> it up a little bit because i was like i just noticed there's not a hair on this man's body like weird thing to get <laughs> hung up on but i had to look back because the close-up of his armpit i was like is there anything there and there's not just wow he waxes his apparently pits. he waxed his pits for this role or it was amazing like they made him do it for dirty dancing and he just i mean could could be shaved but yeah dude, that dude was <laughs> I, mean, I will i will forever cherish <laughs> the fact that you paused shirtless dude it confused pet. the hell out of me i was like did i see that right is this uh-huh. like you paused shirtless Patrick Swayze and zoomed in on his hairless you're, you're skipping arms I did it. You're skipping chest the whole and pits. I hate you sometimes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so it turns out it's not just for chicks. It's for <laughs> chicks and dust. It, it's for guys who get confused at, like, there's no I hair. bet it is. I bet it's confused a few guys. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no hair. 
<laughs> and that was when I was like, <laughs> he has no hair anywhere. What the fuck? It's mm-hmm. all in the weird mullet 80s perm thing that he's got going on. Yeah, his hair is perfect. Through the early 90s. So mm-hmm. it, he maintains it through the fights. <laughs> he does. Like it doesn't even get messed up, really. Yeah. His hair never <laughs> gets messy except for when he's yeah. in the pool. Yeah. Or in yeah, the lake. Very impressive. They go in a lake. Like he does go in yeah. the lake, yes. <laughs> a couple times. Okay. <laughs> we we um, can move on from hairless. <laughs> all right. <switch. laughs> That's a good idea. So <laughs> when he's at the bar and he's firing all those people, um, uh, yeah, I certainly enjoy the fact that he's just Firing everybody is trying to reset it. And the fact that the owner gives him that, like, Mm -hmm. I guess, power that he's able to just get things right on track by firing everybody, not just the drug dealers and the the crazy bouncer who's a little too aggressive and all this stuff, but like everyone. And and the owner is pretty excited. He's like, this is great. Everything's on track. We're right on. Like, he's excited by the progress. But then Dalton warns him it's going to get worse before it gets better, yeah. which I thought was interesting. And then, and then, yeah, we get to a fight where he uh, gets injured, and then he has to go to the doctor. And the doctor is a hot doctor, like. <laughs> and not only is she a hot doctor, it's a one thing to be an attractive person; you can't really control that. It's just who you are, but. Her the voice she uses is not oh. very professional yeah. in my mind. Like when she was talking to him as like during the exam, I was like, "This is not a professional voice. This is like a I don't know a very like sexy voice that you're putting on." Oh, I see and maybe it is me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she's like, oh, you're really good at stitching yourself up. And I'm like, yeah, obviously, because he does it every day. Basically, it's his job. Jake had some uh, porno baselines going on in his head when she talked, huh? It's true. It was all like bow chicka bow wow and all that stuff. Soon. Soon. <laughs> and and then, well, uh, okay, getting back to the actual characters, I did enjoy that Dalton was like telling her that not only is he just like a meathead who's good at being a bouncer, he has a degree mm-hmm. from NYU where he has a degree in philosophy. And that was a very like specific thing, I yeah. thought, where he is, he is, you know, that quote that's like, it's better to be a, uh, what is that quote? It's better to be a, now I'm blanking. It's better to be a gardener in a war than a warrior in a garden. No, it's the other way around. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than it is to be a gardener in a war. You ever heard of that? Nope. It's kind of like that. All right. Well, it's a thing that people say. Is it? And that's kind of like what it's is like. It? <laughs> I don't know. He He's a guy that is like has studied philosophy but is also a badass. And that's kind of like... Uh, Marcus Relly's kind of like guy, you know, one of those guys you want to be. You're just googling the thing I said. No, that's what you're doing. No, it is a thing people say. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Okay, you're right. 
You're goddamn right. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's the actual verbatim. Verbatim. Yeah. It took me a minute to get there, but that is verbatim what it yeah, is. It is, folks. I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a. Right. Oh, it's a paraphrase of a Chinese proverb. I don't care. That's fine. It's, I'm telling you enough. what it is. I didn't tell you where it was from, so I don't feel like I'm wrong. I didn't say you were wrong. I was just adding the at a. I feel like you're attacking. God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so moving on. I see your gardener warrior, and I say, "Fuck you." <laughs> uh, the main, I think, the main catalyst of the story is the fact that the guy that we saw, the villain who's super rich. Uh, he ends up, you learn that there are guys who are shaking down the double deuce uh, and that because they, uh, one of the guys that's fired comes back and uh, he's like, Hey, guess what? I can't be fired. You have to let me keep stealing money from you. Cause the, all these guys say so basically. And so you learn, and then there's a big fight that happens and they kick those guys out, obviously. But the point is that you learn that there are, forces at work that are bigger than just some dickhead trying to steal money that they are actually uh there's a kind of, not like a mob element but like some sort of organized crime yeah. kind of thing happening where they are supposedly legitimate but also able to flex their muscle and force these businesses to do things they don't want to do um, and the double deuce is one of those where they even though they're trying to clean things up, they're impeded from being able to clean it up as well as much as they want to because of uh, the main bad guy. Uh, what's his name? Brad Wesley, who is like this. The The synopsis calls him a entrepreneur. I feel like that's very generous. He's kind of a, a entrepreneur. Total... He like, he basically has loaned out enough money to all these people who have businesses in this town. Mm -hmm. They all owe him. He's already hyper rich and yeah. he kind of flexes that muscle or he, he kind of uh, dominates their businesses for his own good. Yeah. He's basically, he owns them. He reminded me of uh, Prince John from Robin hood with the sheriff of Nottingham mm. where he sends his goons to go and collect the money. And they're like, we can't pay. Yep. Like, what are you doing to us? And they're like, well, it's our money anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you I don't, don't know, I sound like comply, an old you know, lady, they burn but... your building down. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that does happen. There are a lot of explosions in this movie, more yeah. explosions than I anticipated. I didn't expect explosions. <laughs> I also didn't anticipate there to be a storyline of Dalton versus this rich dickhead and his goons. I didn't expect that. But that's the story you get. You don't get just, <laughs> oh, he's cleaning up a bar. He's like, because I expected yeah. him to show up, bar fight, bar fight, bar fight, friendships yeah, and romance. Just normal bouncer stuff. Right. And then like, the bar would get cleaned up. The town would kind of be better for it, right? People start showing up and kind of learn like, oh, we don't have to get in fights yeah. to enjoy the night. Hey! 
follow the rules. Yeah. He would leave town and that would be the end of the movie. At the start of it, that is what I thought it was going to go. Okay. And then all of a sudden I was like, dude, this is like Jackie Chan style, like Mr. Nice Guy storyline where he shows up <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like he stops a theft and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's this big crime boss that you're like, yeah. What's happening? That's basically Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, like, that's extremely accurate. That's <laughs> <laughs> extremely accurate. I like that analogy. Yeah, and I, I I liked the villain in Brad Wesley in the sense that he shares a lot of the same like characteristics as uh, as Dalton's mm-hmm. character, where he he values strength he values kind of like he's in control of the people around him and all that stuff similar to dalton um and also he demands like honesty among his men he condemns them for like their low like he wants a higher pain tolerance from them and all that stuff i feel like him and dalton normally would have a lot of things in common but because of their his actions he becomes his enemy basically and and so I think that's interesting. I think that those two as being rivals works well overall. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a pretty good interpretation of like the, the hero and villain should always mirror each other. They do yeah. in this one as well, uh, where you would expect like the villain to kind of mirror the town, but he doesn't. It's mm-hmm. truly just him and Dalton that it comes down to. I yeah. kind of wish their fight was a little better and ended a little differently, but it's still <laughs> satisfying. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have all of the, like, I guess, abilities that Dalton has. Right, right. That, that would have been better if he was actually, like, <laughs> someone who could fight him like you would want him to. Um, but because of all of this stuff that Brad Wesley is doing to the town and to everything – Dalton calls his old buddy, <laughs> Brad Garrett, who, or Wade Garrett, sorry, Wade Garrett, who is, like we said, a complete stud yeah. and is, it like uh, Dalton has expressed, is the best bouncer out there, even though he's getting a little older. And he tells him, like, I kind of don't know what to do with these guys. They're a different kind of town, and I kind of need some help. So he comes out to help his old buddy. So his first scene at the the strip club that that mm-hmm. was Garrett works at yeah <laughs> cracked me up cuz first off I wasn't used to seeing Sam Elliott in the scene with a bunch <laughs> of boobies going around but <laughs> his first scene is that um, yeah and I was like I I remember hearing a few things about Roadhouse when I was a kid of like uh, classmates that had watched it who would make jokes of like, man, if you want to see boobs in a movie, just watch Roadhouse. And obviously mm-hmm. I never watched it. And then watching it now, I kept hearing like those old classmates saying that and being like, God damn, <laughs> they weren't kidding. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's true. There's a lot of boobs. Um, but I had to laugh when they're on the phone and I was like, I love movie phone conversations. And this one is definitely one <laughs> of the best ones because it's so like 
No one ever says goodbye. No one ever mm-hmm. does. Like, usually questions are left unanswered or plans are left. <laughs> vague. Uh, yeah, vague. There's like yeah. no confirmation. There's no <laughs> whatever. It's So when are you coming? Do I need to pick you up? <laughs> right, like, right. Happening? Here's a time. Let's let's aim for this window. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> It's very much like mid-sentence, guy starts getting unruly and he goes, oh, time to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And no one cares. I'm like, yeah. If if my friends hung up on me like that, I'd be like, you fucking asshole. And I'd be texting you back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is 1989. There is no text. No texting. Okay. 1989. We were two. Uh, <laughs> people yeah, would be calling back, back in then. real like in the real world if you hung up like that people would be calling you back being like hey yeah we didn't solidify our plans <laughs> uh, but that's just a movie trope where no one ever actually makes a plan but I love their yeah. like kind of playful little like oh how's it going down there oh same shit mm-hmm. different town and then that joke plays out later on and yeah. Yeah, the whole like kind That's of definitely not. I like the mentor. I didn't get like a, a father son kind of relationship between the two. I got very much either like older brother, if you ever had to go kind of a family route yeah. where it was the older brother teaching the younger brother. I got that kind of vibe, or just the basic he was the teacher, Dalton was a student, right. and they just happened yeah. to be very close. He's like the sensei of bouncers, yeah, basically. Yeah. But I I appreciated that they still showed Dalton, who is set up at this point to be the guy, the know-all. He's got all the answers. He's got all the like tricks in the book, yada, yeah. yada. Expert. He knows all. I like seeing characters like that who are shown reaching out for like, Hey, just kind of looking for a little bit of guidance. Turns out I don't know everything. <laughs> Could you help me yeah. out a little bit? I like yeah. scenes. Especially like that. especially because this town is a little bit different. Like if you get the idea that he's yeah. done this a lot of times and it, it to the point that it kind of should go a normal standard route, but this town is is a little different and and he's not really sure, I guess, right. how to actually resolve well, it I mean, because of the villain. Yeah, he's probably not encountered a town with like a crime boss who's yeah. actually being a crime boss and like right. threatening to kill people out in the open and committing blatant crimes out in the open. The whole right. movie, okay. Completely able to, no actual <laughs> like. Quick difficulty doing it from the police or anything. I've been to several bars. You have been to bars. I have. I'm familiar. I've seen a couple bar fights. I've never been in a bar fight, but I've seen a couple fights. I've, I've seen kind of unruly people get kicked out of a bar. Um, okay. There's always, always <laughs> cops around, though. During these times, like in real life, yeah, cops are generally called in, they're generally somewhere very close to the vicinity of a bar where unruly people are getting yeah. looted or getting into fights. Yeah. 
Um, it seems like they're called immediately when someone is like not listening yeah. well, or being, and, and it makes sense, right? Because like yeah. suddenly you're gonna blur the lines of like, liability. We're about to kick these people yeah. out. Um, <laughs> we need somebody around to like just observe and make sure that nothing goes where sideways. The fuck were <laughs> any cops at Roadhouse? There are zero <laughs> cops in this movie. Like, did we just They mention see... like they mention at one point that he they we, they don't really need to call the cops because uh, the villain controls them or can control them if he needs right. to. But that that's how they explain it away. There's you don't see them. Don't they see... don't try. There's not even like a quick shot of a car driving by. They simply yeah. There may be zero police in the whole town for all <laughs> they I know. Don't exist in this town. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm pretty sure even this kind of bar would have yeah. officers probably stationed there. Yeah. It, <laughs> but the way that it's set up in the story is that it's incredibly unruly, that there are fights there all the time. It's just the worst place ever. So, yeah, that is where they would be stationed constantly. <laughs> it's like, it's it's after 4 p.m. We need to have people at the double right. deuce. <laughs> Because <laughs> something is going to happen every night at this point. That business literally just blew up. Explosives, fireballs everywhere. <laughs> it is chaos right. and horrible. People are probably dead or seriously injured. Right. We don't need any, any emergency <laughs> service. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> I think they have an ambulance once or twice, maybe once in the movie. I don't remember. But that's the most emergency services I can recall. Oh, yeah. I think when that one built, when that uh, store gets blown yeah, up, yeah. there are ambulances there. Or at least one. Maybe a fire truck. I think it's a fire truck. I don't even think it's an ambulance. I think it's a fire truck. I think truck. you're right. I do think it's a fire truck, too, now that I'm thinking <laughs> of it. Yeah, the emergency services are very limited. In this town, <laughs> I was like, did they not have the budget to write in a couple cops? Like, we yeah. literally can't use uniforms or cars. So <laughs> it's that Hollywood trick with that one line yeah. of dialogue. Oh, the bad guy it's controls true. them. That's why they're not around. Okay. Yeah, don't even worry about <laughs> them. We'll just not bother. <laughs> and I mean, he does. I really enjoy... Um, the fact that the villain is so in control and tyrannical of the town and he's, he's kind of slimy about it. And then to top it off, he, it. yeah, to top it off, he has his goons go and get Dalton and bring him to his house. And then Dalton walks in and he's, they're going to have this like big hero and villain conversation. But then he sees uh, that one blonde girl, not the doctor blonde girl, but the other blonde girl, um, jazzercising in the living room. And she has like a bruise on her yeah. face that she tries to hide from him. And, uh, and you know, immediately, you know, that Dalton will not stand for this guy beating his girlfriend or wife or whatever. Uh, and so you're like, okay, even if I didn't, hate this villain enough <laughs> now i know he's a, a, a wife beater or a lady beater uh he is it, dalton needs to completely get him out yeah of here. It, it kind of like i don't want to say crack me up because that just feels wrong to say <laughs> but so her that character mm -hmm. 
when you first see her and she kind of like I fucks Dalton at the bar. Yeah, she ipes him for sure. You're like, okay, I don't think she's the romantic interest, but <laughs> if this was like a romantic comedy, she would be the yeah. chick that he sleeps with when he's all heartbroken <laughs> that like helps spiral the, the good relationship yeah. down, right? She yeah. would be he that kid if he wanted to. Yeah. And she like flat sure. out walks up to him. She's like, what would you say if I told you let's go back to my house? But she says it so weird. Did you notice how she yeah. says it? It's oh, yeah. So <laughs> it is a weird for sure. Like just the, the line is we're used to hearing those lines. But the way she says and foot. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, right? that just, it, ugh, that sounds like it'd be yeah. dangerous. Like in this situation. Yeah, uh, definitely. And of course, that's like what leads up to the abuse. Uh, mm -hmm. But at that point, you already know the villain is the villain. You already think he's a douche. You already like, mm -hmm. I hate this guy. Obviously, Dalton's going to kick his ass. What cracked me up about the whole scene was like, when you see her, to me, it was the like, just in case the audience hasn't completely bought into you should hate this character yeah black guy and yeah right. I, like you know, i was like oh is dalton gonna like hit him now like are we gonna get a <laughs> like here's a taste of your own medicine kind of line you don't but uh yeah it'd be cool if he did but it, yeah i'm kind of glad they didn't because i was expecting it and it was like trying to predict <laughs> a 1989 right. film so i'm glad that true they didn't a little a little cliche yeah they they definitely utilize cliches, but not all of them, which was nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, they they mention, and so that all happens, and the potential for a romance with this other blonde girl, uh, the girlfriend of the villain, happens kind of before uh, the actual love interest well, with the doctor. So girl. he's seen the doctor outside of the doctor's office. At this yeah. point, which were you kind of confused the first time you saw her not wearing glasses? <laughs> I she wasn't wearing glasses. She didn't have the braid mostly. Yeah. Where I was like, "You are blonde, but you don't have the braid <laughs> and the glasses." And so, are you even the same person? She looks different. And she for showed sure. up at the bar immediately. I was like, <laughs> three chicks. He's about to juggle three chicks." <laughs> And then it was like, yeah. oh, oh, it's the doctor. Yeah, she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that she was hotter as the doctor. And so I was confused. I was like, yeah, I definitely thought this was a new person. <laughs> you thought the third a new girl character. Too? <laughs> yeah. As a new character, I was like, well, she's worse than the other two we've seen so far. <laughs> I was confused. But then I figured it out. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, she's the doctor who's just let her hair down and she's ready to like hang out. And uh <laughs> and so I I enjoyed the as he was that you there's a will he won't he kind of with the the villain's girlfriend mm -hmm. of she tries to come on to him, she's interested in him, she's iping him like you said. But uh there's it's hinted at or it's not really hinted at. It's it's kind of talked about by Sam Elliott's character when they're at the diner and doing the dancing scene. Um, 
this is the dancing scene. This is my symbol, uh, hand signal for the dancing scene. Apparently, that should be apparently a new I dance like trend, the, not the Wednesday. Adams I dance one. like the it needs to be dance takes. like the peanuts. It's like a, the peanuts. They dance like this. Um, he mentions Sam Elliott mentions to him um, something that was hinted at earlier on, where there's a kind of a rumor about Dalton going around that he has killed a man before. Uh, through a throat rip. Uh, right. Uh, he's ripped out a man's throat, uh, which is great foreshadowing for what's about to happen. But he, similarly, it talks about like, you're still haunted by this thing that has happened. Uh, you need to let it go, man. And so they kind of talk about it as kind of backstory that apparently in the past, Dalton actually had kind of a similar thing happen where this girl came on to him. It kind of, they kind of started up a relationship. She didn't tell him that she was married. And then the husband shows up and points a gun in his face. And in self-defense, uh, Dalton rips his throat out and kills him. And so he's kind of haunted by the fact that he had to kill a guy in self-defense. And this kind of started this rumor. But now we're in the same situation where this girl uh the not the doctor but the other girl is kind of flirting i would say with dalton and she is the girlfriend of the crime boss yeah. and that's a dangerous situation and so if you kind of let that thing get out of control you could easily end up in the same is it's just like tension right. is building i guess in the story well it kind of adds when you learn the backstory of dalton it makes his character kind of make a little more sense in terms of how he does try to like not be in a fight. If he has to be in a fight, he will, but his fighting yeah. is very, I think every kick he throws, you know, every kick, every punch, whatever yeah. is typically done in hopes of like one and done, maybe a couple and hopefully yeah. the guy will go down so that it doesn't have the chance to escalate too far. Of course, right. he hasn't met like the head goon yet, but <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and you, anybody who's like been around or heard about uh, fights or whatever, shit happens. Like if you push somebody and they slip and hit their head on a table, they can just be killed. Yeah. Like it's a dangerous thing for sure to just get into fights. So I, th I think it makes a lot of sense for him to like avoid fights at all costs if you need to fight take it outside so you don't damage the establishment and 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 i think it, it just rings true to the character that's that's a good a good general th a rule of thumb i guess yeah. for it to go that way granted at this point in the movie you've realized he doesn't follow his like rule <laughs> all that well <laughs> yeah most of the time yeah, almost all of his fights are inside the bar, <laughs> or, or at least they all, which is my favorite part in the bar. And then there's a couple where yeah. they do manage to get outside again, but <laughs> there's a lot inside the bar. Yeah, you, you could say that that this. You, I mean, you could explain it away by saying this, or this is an anomaly. This is different than his normal experience because he's just the nature of the like business i guess but yeah ver generally that is exactly what happens <sighs> Sorry. Uh, and speaking of being taking fights outside the bar um i forgot the 
my favorite line of the movie, one of my favorite lines. There are several really good lines in this movie, but one of them is when uh, Sam Elliott, Wade Garrett first shows up and they're like in the middle of kind of a scuffle outside of yeah. the bar. And uh, a guy is like, you want to fight Dickless? <laughs> and Sam Elliott's like, uh, well, I'm sure I'm not going to show you my dick. <laughs> and I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Maybe it's because it's Sam Elliott saying it, but it's just perfect. No, it's, it's a so good line. It's a good line. <laughs> Showing you my dick. I'm not going to show you my dick. And then it kicks his ass. And that's probably why it works so well. It's because just there's a fight that breaks Well, you out. get to see him be... I don't want to say completely live up to kind of the picture that's been painted of him of like he's the yeah. best because he still gets hit. He still like mm -hmm. he still gets his ass kicked at the same time. Like he takes some punches. Right. Um, he's not immortal, right? But I think that goes in line with the whole like with Dalton the the reputation where the guy he hears it a couple times of like oh I thought you'd be bigger. It still goes the same for Garrett, where like you as the audience have this kind of built in your head of, oh, I bet he's the kind of guy that, you know, one hit and he's going to knock a guy out, and that'll be the mm -hmm. end of it. You realize, like, no, he's still going to take, like, he's going to take a few shots because he has to, but he'll finish the fight. Yeah. Which I thought that was an interesting uh, little thing. They don't, him and Garrett don't ever actually start. A fight and i was like right. that was another kind of nostalgic thing to me of like growing up back then primarily mm -hmm. we were well i was told i i don't know about you you were that weird homeschool kid um, <laughs> it's true <laughs> but it was like it wasn't a well it was kind of a rule uh but one that you would hope or your parents and your father especially would hope you would never have to actually worry about was you never throw the first punch. You don't start a fight, yeah, but you can finish a fight. That was yeah, you should fight. be able to finish yeah. it, but you should never start. Yeah, it. You don't throw that first punch. And I thought Roadhouse, that was another little thing that clicked for me of like mm -hmm. real life nostalgia. Not right. the member berries nostalgia that I'm a sucker <laughs> for too, but this was like real life where it was that kind of guideline, that rule of like, don't be the one to start it because then it, it really is your fault, but you can be right. the guy that ends it and just put it away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And I think him and Garrett are good, good representations of that kind of guideline, especially for young boys, yeah. young, young men. So. Yeah, I think it's primarily what makes them the heroes of the movie yeah. is that they are defensive in nature, I guess, which is a good character trait to have for a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to the, the, the villain and his lady, the scene that stood out to me, and you said earlier that the movie feels very surface for a lot of it and you for at least half of it and you didn't know how he would deep dive it i'm curious where that changed for you okay. but for me the scene that i was like this movie is a little bit crazy and i'm really excited about it <laughs> is the scene where uh the villain has his 
he goes to the double deuce. Mm -hmm. So uh, Wesley goes to the double deuce and brings his girl and has her dance on stage and start stripping. Well, yeah, she does like a a whole strip tease to it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so Patrick Swayze's character goes up to try to stop her. He doesn't try very hard to stop her. He just kind of stands there and is like, please, ma'am, can you please stop? Please. Can you, and she doesn't stop her, but she goes through this whole routine Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, uh, and meanwhile, the villain's like, Oh, 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 isn't this so, uh, I don't know what his like game is, but he's it, just it was like, a very my girlfriend weird... is stripping for the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how oh, that's like, my power. A, yeah. I don't know how that's a flex of power to have your like girlfriend stripping for everybody. It, I think everybody's enjoying it. Cause she's like an attractive lady, maybe the most attractive person in the whole town, but she's, but she eventually finishes and Dalton brings her off. And then, and then, he brings out his like lead goon Jimmy to just walk out on the dance floor with a pool clue. And he's like, Hey, now I'm going to fight yeah. everybody. And I just, that juxtaposition of we, I'm going to bring out this girl. She's going to dance and strip. And then, and then I'm going to bring out this other guy who's going to invite everybody to fight with him. <laughs> and then there a big fight breaks out. So it's, though it felt so weird, but I enjoyed all of it. It is weird. I wasn't super weirded out by it because to me, it kind of made sense. Um, Mm -hmm. Originally I was lost because I was like, this is the (laughs) weirdest like intimidation maneuver. I think I've seen a villain make (laughs) like, how are you going to intimidate this bar and Dalton by having this chick strip tease on the stage? But when the head goon comes out immediately after and kicks the shit out of everyone. Yeah, pretty much. It kind of made sense to me where he, the villain made sure like everyone's uh, focus was drawn to the girl Mm -hmm. and they're like Mm -hmm. still stuck on kind of, we just saw this chick strip tease on our stage this is the weird like yeah. it's weird she's hot kind of disarming very disarming and then you have this guy come out with a weapon and literally yeah. kick the crap out of a bunch of guys who aren't good at fighting they're good at subduing but he makes right. sure they never get close enough to be able to put them in some kind of submission so to yeah. me like weird intimidation factor like mm-hmm. maneuver but kind of made sense in a big distraction tool yeah. because as sad as it is to admit it, like nudity is distracting. And for right. a bunch of males, I have to put up with gross, sweaty old men <laughs> drinking and fighting and cursing all night, like seeing a yeah. chick strip tease out of nowhere. Yeah. That's going to be in your head for a little while. Yeah. Pretty successful. Yeah. And, a distraction. And it worked because they get their asses handed to them. Um, yeah. It kind of, not the striptease, but it kind of reminded me of like, and I know release times are very different. So yeah, don't, don't try to like fact check me or whatever. <laughs> 
Um, but there were a couple moments where I was like, this feels like campy tombstone-y with, uh, mm. was that Ringo when he shows up? Yeah, Johnny Ringo. Yeah. You know, hit the whole like spinning the gun, kind of showing that off, threatening Doc Holiday, and that whole standoff kind of thing. Like, I got, I don't want to say wannabe because obviously Roadhouse came out before Tombstone did, but that was kind yeah. of the like westerny, oh, here we go. To me, this guy was the Johnny Ringo of this Kansas town. I still think Johnny Ringo is scarier. But <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm at yeah. I I love love <laughs> yeah. Um but I do like Dalton during that scene because he's the only one that's like unfazed by the strip tease. He's the only one that kind of like you said where he walks up to the stage and just kind of patiently like all right, can we just like, can you get down? Can you, can we move on from this? It's almost like a, a parent trying to calm or just deal with an unruly kid of just, I know you're going to tire or bore yourself out. So can we just move on? Mm-hmm. That was kind of how I, I, I like how Dalton handles it. Cause he's the only one that doesn't seem to give two shits that she's up on stage trying to tease him and distract him i guess from the fight that he's about to be in yeah oh yeah that's for sure um i really like the villain of wesley in the sense that he could have chosen to control the town in a less exciting way like he could have been more underground or boring but he he does it in the most exciting way possible. The whole movie, he well, he is blowing stuff up constantly. He blows up the doctor's uncle's business. Mm-hmm. He kind of shakes it up and they rob it all the time. Um, he drives a monster truck through a car dealership building. The monster truck. <laughs> was one of the most random things I've seen in a movie where it's just like, it just shows up. There's never yeah. a like, ooh, <laughs> I have this monster truck sitting here. It just literally shows up. <laughs> as soon as they like, there's a scene where someone walks into the parking lot and they like kind of talk about it or walk by it or something. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I hope that monster truck actually pays <laughs> off. And it definitely, it definitely does. It definitely does. Yeah, the villain, Wesley is good because he flaunts being a villain. Mm-hmm. He owns it. He's totally, he doesn't have a like, oh, I'm evil because I have good intentions, but I'm going about it in the completely wrong way. No, he's very much like, no, I'm a bad human and I'm okay with that. And now I'm going to drive a monster truck through your car dealership, crush all of your cars, and I will move on with my life as if nothing happened today. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, he's, I guess he's he looks so silly as like kind of a small normal guy but he is also I guess intimidating in the sense that he is in control of most things and the hero is struggling to well, He's also 
for as predictable as the town or the the job itself, like the basic job itself of trying to be a cooler at this bar, the double deuce, the villain is very unpredictable for Dalton Mm -hmm. because he's just, he flaunts every action that he does. He doesn't care. And I think that's kind of different for Dalton, which kind of helps to me kind of turns Dalton from trying to maintain his, I'm going to be nice until I don't have to be where he realizes like the only way to get through to this guy or to stop him is actually, I'm going to have to go and like violence will ensue. It's the only way right. I can get this guy. Cause it's, he is being so uh, excessively violent, mm-hmm. ridiculously excessively violent. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> try, that monster truck going through the car dealership still cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a good time, especially with all the glass breaking and everything. Yeah. And then, uh, and he also blows up the old geezer's house, the guy that he's renting a room from. Right. He's just like, as soon as you think like, oh, everything significant has happened, and then they're like making love and making out, and then all of a sudden more stuff is. Yeah, and the, the villain becomes kind of like a creeper voyeur. In terms of he watches Dalton and the Dr. Trick have sex on the roof. The little, like, windowsill roof area. Yeah. Which I was like, man, <laughs> that would be painful. Because shingles can't be that comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're not wrong. You're a little, maybe overthinking it. Maybe, but, but that was that was the <laughs> thought that went in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so the 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 villain, or the, not the villain, but the I guess main henchman of Jimmy, this guy that apparently knows all these martial arts as well. He's just as versed as Dalton mm-hmm. is. Um, he he maybe needs to work on his trash talk a little bit. If you ask me, um, there's a couple of times there where it's is a little... one line from him that I was like, why <laughs> of all, why <laughs> is it the part where he's like, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I was like, like I don't, okay. I don't, I don't think that's a flex. Bro. That was like, we just learned. So much about that character that was like, <laughs> yeah, TMI yeah. as the kids um, say. <laughs> pretty much all that, all that. I mean, it kind of <laughs> helps give him even more of a a gross factor or an evil factor because true, re- like they're blatantly telling you like he raped guys in prison. Yuck. Yeah, yeah, uh, not a good guy. But that line just felt so like desperate to me, and so weird. It was like (laughs) they were trying to figure out how many one-liners can we force in this movie, and there's really there's some very fun dialogue. My favorite line is at the end of the movie. We'll get to it here in a little Mm -hmm. bit. I wonder if you can guess what my favorite line was. End of the movie. Now I'm it's curious. Towards the end of the movie. I think 
One of my favorites is from Sam Elliott when he's first introduced and he's on the phone and he's like, yeah, people are crazy. You don't really know what to expect all the time. We have a sign above our urinal that says, don't eat the big white man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh because I don't think I've seen a sign that says that exact thing, but I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure I've seen a sign in a bar before that like, or a joke something telling yeah. people don't eat the cake in the pisser. Like, yeah, it sounds very familiar, <laughs> which was funny. And then very sad because you have to remember every time there's a warning sign or a please don't do this <laughs> sign was made because someone did that stupid thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, made necessary, unfortunately, <laughs> because someone was that dumb. And that's sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's very true. It's funny that he calls it uh, a mint. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Um, it's it, uh, it's interesting that this when we're talking about Jimmy and their like fight, and when he has those terrible uh, lines, the comeback lines, he the same thing happens that Dal that happened to Dalton when he was in Memphis yep. and the thing that they had foreshadowed and worried about. Apparently, every time that a gun is pulled on him, he just goes crazy and starts ripping dudes' throats out because he's fine in every fight and he's able to finish the fight and let these people like subdue them, basically. But when a gun gets pulled, I think the only time the gun gets pulled in the whole movie, and you learn from the backstory, also a gun was pulled... He just rips that guy's throat out yeah. and kills him immediately. Yeah. I I guess in my head, because the, the throat ripping scene is pretty pretty famous. People like yeah. know you see a throat get ripped out. I guess <laughs> my brain had built it up where like it was gonna be a crazy close up of like a throat being torn off. <laughs> I I picture like well, I what I remember from when I was a kid, I remember my mind being being blown, yeah. and being like, I I didn't know that there would be a throat rip and such excessive violence in this movie. That's what I remember mm -hmm. when I saw it. Now I was like, that's it, <laughs> right? Like, like it happens so fast, and it's so yeah. I mean, the only reason you I, know he tears. I picture like I picture like Predator, where he rips your whole right. spine out Which of your is body. One of the coolest scenes ever. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, like the only reason you know he ripped his throat out is they have to do a close-up of the corpse. Yeah. With the doctor lady who's like, how could you? Yeah. She comes out of nowhere. That was also one of my favorite parts. Is like she's not around really for the fight at all. And then like at the end of the fight, she kind of runs in, checks him, does her doctor well, thing. Yeah, basically. she like ignores Dalton like fuck <laughs> off, dude. And she runs yeah. right to the dead guy, cries, and then hates Dalton. Yeah. Sure. It's not like, oh, are you okay? I can't believe that guy attacked right. you. It's like, you just ripped that guy's throat out. He's definitely dead and his throat has been ripped out. How dare you? And now she runs away. And that's that's like the end of the scene. Well, it's not the end of the scene because my favorite part is where he Dalton drags the guy's body into the lake and then just yells 
at the guy across well, yeah. the lake, the villain. I I love that scene. I was like, I love that scene. Because he like drags the body in and kind of pushes it with the, the tide or whatever, or the Yeah. It's not really it's a like, full tide, here's but. your here's your trash, Leslie. <laughs> right. Well, it was like a here's your your animal, right? You sent him to kill yeah. me, I killed him. Suck it, yeah. bitch. That kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I was like, what a power move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it does. Yeah, look just the way that he's like wading into the water and yelling across yeah. the lake at the villain is very intimidating. But it, it, it is kind of the turning part for Dalton because he does snap like after that mm-hmm. fight and then after uh, the phone call from Wesley he kind of yeah. spirals and becomes like the one thing he's been trying not to be for the entirety of the film. Well, and the worst and part, the worst part of the yeah. whole movie yeah. is when he goes to the double deuce and he's trying to get Wade to like wake up off the bar and he rolls him over and wave Wade has been stabbed and is killed. And I shit you not. I almost cried. <laughs> really? I was I was very upset. I did not understand or be was prepared at oh, all man. for Wade Wade to die. Like I know he like flipped the coin. He's like either Wade or Elizabeth or whatever has to. When well, he tells him like and, I'm not gonna tell you, which I thought was that's a good villain move. Like yeah, it was. It kept your interest for sure. But you get there. I don't know. I was expecting it to be the girl, I guess. Okay. And and I he get there and he rolls him over and there's a knife out of his chest. And the the lead up, I knew as soon as he was laying there that he was dead before you saw the yeah. knife or anything. I knew it. But as the scene went on and you see uh you see Dalton's face and he just just the way he was so upset that his best friend in the All world right. has has been killed. I was like Okay, this is kind of getting, and maybe it's because we've been watching movies for next episode, and those are all tearjerker related episode. But I maybe my emotions are a little towards the surface right now. I'm not judging and I wasn't you. Prepared, I'm not judging you. I I wasn't prepared for Wade Garrett to die. I kind of like I was very upset when they're on the phone, and he flips the coin, and he tells him like, "Man, mm-hmm. I wish I could tell you, but I'm not going to." You'll just find out. Mm. Um, I was like, this is, this will be interesting because cliche would say the girl because he's right. been a creeper watching them have sex. He knows that like they're all lovey dovey all of a sudden. And yeah, they just think it's the love interest. The love yeah. interest is going to be, it's, it's a common for the villain to try to, steal or kill the princess that's what and they had just gotten like, in a fight so it would hype you know it would like make right. the situation that much worse um right but then i was like but killing the mentor would be that'd be pretty mm-hmm. brutal and that's a deeper <laughs> a deeper love it's a longer yeah. relationship and all that and then it like scene or two later you know dalton's in the double twos and garrett shows up beaten up and I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, 
was he the intended target, but he fought his way out. <laughs> yeah. Like, he survived. They tried and failed because he's such a badass. Right, I was like, he survived the attack because he clearly just got his ass handed to him, but he's here. Yeah. So he won the yeah. fight. He is the best. Right, and I was like, okay. And he, you know, Dalton even says, like, oh, I've got to get to, what's her name? And uh, yeah, I got to go check on her. Yeah. I was like, I I don't think they're going to go after the girl. I thought it was done. Like, okay. I thought. Yeah. Tried and failed. Tried and Nobody's failed. Gonna die. And now Dalton was going to snap just simply based on you just attacked the two people I care yeah. the most about in the world. So now I'm just, just the that's what I thought. And then I was like, I got to quit trying to predict this movie. Cause every time I try <laughs> to do, I'm wrong and it's too good. Stupid. But yeah, but yeah, when he turned, when he goes back in the bar and Garrett was laying on the bar, very much like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I've I didn't seen that up, too much. I'm not judging you. And you're right. Our prep for next week has been like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very lots of tears. Oh have been my shed. god, I'm so tired of crying at movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least it's mostly good cries. We'll get yeah. to that. Uh, but I think it's a good motivator overall that his best friend in the world and mentor has been killed by this guy because like you said, he goes on a rampage and he kind of just starts not just ripping throats, but he just, he goes to the villains chateau or mansion or whatever and starts dropping polar bears on dudes and, and killing guys and all this stuff. He goes, he goes, he feral. He beats the shit out of a lot of people in a very short mm. amount of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he he finally takes the fight to Wesley yeah. and his henchmen and all that stuff, which he's been on the defense the whole movie. So which it's nice I to see him finally because I can hear it now. People being like, he took the fight. You just said it. he took the fight to Wesley. He's starting this fight with Wesley, yeah. and I'm like, he's not he starting, starting it, but shit. he he has to take the fight <laughs> like, to him because it won't yeah, go away. This fight was started. Long before this moment, he is just finally right. at a place where, like, he's gonna. It's like you said, it. he has he has to finish yeah. it. He didn't start it, but he has to. He finish can't it. just like leave this one outside. He actually has to. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, so I, I enjoyed overall the all all of the fights, all of the the action and everything. Uh, I think that it does a really good job, especially at the ending. I think that the actual ending part is a little too happy for me as they're like it's so swimming in the pond. Uh, like Wade just died. Wade Garrett but just died. A, you can't just be swimming in the pond. But that's a normal Hollywood thing. Like you can kill major characters, major side characters. Sure. But the ending will be the hero is happy with no remorse and they're like making jokes about like, man, we showed him. That's a Hollywood thing, yeah. dude. You know this. It you sucks. Know this. It sucks. I'm maybe a little too emotionally invested, but it still sucks. See, the thing about the ending that is just so like, okay, is the one time we see a cop because the sheriff does show <laughs> up. Finally. Right? Finally. Yeah. 
watching these guys like I I like seeing the town get their own. Like I like mm-hmm. seeing them take Wesley out. I'm kind of shocked he survives that many shot like hit to the yeah. to the body. I feel like other characters died from way smaller wounds <laughs> way quicker. But it's yeah. a Hollywood villain. He's the villain. Yeah. yeah. What cracks me up and weirds me out about that ending, though, is they fire their shotguns into him, right? And then the old mm-hmm. guy just kind of takes the guns. Where does he go? Where <laughs> does he put the guns away? Yeah. And I love how just out of nowhere they're all like, we didn't see anything. <laughs> anyone would be like, you clearly just mm-hmm. shot him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> like, this is nothing. Nothing at all. But yeah, them, like, being happy and in the pool or in the lake, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it does seem kind of a rushed, like, oh, we killed the villain. Now what do we do? Uh, Dalton stays in town with the chick. Yeah. Yeah, they all live happily ever right. after. I, I was satisfied. I do wish, though, I I guess I was hoping that Dalton's fight with Wesley was going to kind of be more in line, not exactly the same, but more in line of, like, Riggs' fight with uh, Mr. Joshua or... Yeah. Basically, I was hoping for a Lethal Weapon-style fight. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I was hoping for that where Dalton would just be able to like haul off, whoop his mm-hmm. ass, you know, be super tired and exhausted at the end of it. Yeah. Maybe tell Wesley, All like, out. you're not worth it. I'm not going to kill you, which would have been the mm-hmm. redeeming moment for, for him. And then he could have had the guys kill him as like yeah. Wesley tries one last maneuver. But I still liked Roadhouse. I thought it was still fun. I still thought. Mm-hmm. It's such an odd movie. But like we said at the beginning, like I kind of get the passionate fans. I do. Yeah. Like I can't fault them. Right. I, I can't quite pinpoint how I get it. It's just like <laughs> this weird intuition. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. I don't yeah. think I will be that diehard of a fan. I could be wrong. We could talk in like two months and I'll be like, dude, Roadhouse. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched it a dozen times since this episode. Like, it might be the greatest movie ever made. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a good time. I I see the appeal. I think that I'll definitely watch it again uh, for sure. It's a fun, fun movie to watch. There's a lot of things that I like. I like martial arts. I like heroes i like stories i like saving towns and all that stuff um i like seeing the bad guy get there get what's coming to him all that stuff i um i definitely especially the second time i watched it i was like this is definitely a movie i want in my giant ridiculous collection and i was like i'm pretty positive every time i would watch this i would follow Mm -hmm. it up with point blank like or point break. Yeah. Point break. Not yeah. that they're related, but I feel like <laughs> after finally seeing Roadhouse, 
I'm not yeah. sure I could watch one or the other without the other one. The other I feel one. Like I have to they complement each yeah. other, you're saying? Yeah. Not as like a, a sequel kind of thing, but just a. I love yeah. Point Break so much. I feel like Roadhouse is right there for me. And it, okay. obviously, Swayze is the. Connecting yeah, tissue. There. He's the common denominator. Although. I do like Keanu Reeves a little bit more than I like Patrick Swayze in Point Break, but that's just me. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's not really about Patrick right, Swayze right. like like Roadhouse is. But yeah, I I definitely enjoyed Roadhouse. I thought it was fun. It's ridiculous. I think it's like perfect '80s action, which yeah. was crazy. I was looking at 1989. Mm-hmm. I I kind of got jealous of people <laughs> who got to go to the theater in 1989. Yeah. Did you see the list of movies that like came out that year? No, but I do that a lot where I'm like, I can't believe all these movies came out wait, the same year. Wait till you see this list. Yeah. I know you're looking it up. Wait, just, just look it up. <laughs> just it. look it up. See no evil, hear no evil with, uh, <laughs> which is a great comedy movie with, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Batman, of course. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Kickboxer. Uh, Cyborg. These are all... Oh, The License to Kill. Great James Bond movie. Glory. Good one. Dead Poet Society. Kind of a great drama. (laughs) Who's Harry Harry Crumb? (laughs) Lethal Weapon 2. Twister. I feel like... Uncle Buck. There's a lot of uh, John Candy movies in 1989. Weekend at Bernie's. Getting closer. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. (laughs) Dude, it came out like... This would have been potentially my favorite year (laughs) of going to the theater. Meet the Feebles from Peter Jackson. Parenthood. Back to the Future Part (laughs) 2. Look at that fucking list, dude. Yeah. It's true. There's a lot of great years. I feel like 1994 is also a great year. Uh, there's a handful of years I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe how many great movies came out that year. Yeah, when I was looking at 1989, I was just shaking my head because I was like, dude, I would have been at that theater the whole year. <laughs> like, I probably never would have yeah. left that theater. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> and Kickboxer. Uh, yeah. People mock Jean-Claude Van Damme a lot. His movies are super campy. The Kickboxer <laughs> and Bloodsport are two that I'm always like, just watch mm-hmm. those two movies. They're a little different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, people shit on Steven Seagal a lot these days, but if you go back and you watch like Under Siege, it's great. Like it's it's Roadhouse level. I think oh, really? <laughs> I love on, I love under siege. <laughs> I I, I, maybe it's just the nostalgia like you were saying, but I think it's great. So, uh, can you guess what my favorite line in roadhouse was? I was going to ask, I wrote a note so I didn't forget cause we were getting away from it, but no, I don't know what your favorite line at the end of the movie is. It's literally a polar bear fell on me. <laughs> <laughs> when he says that, I was like, uh-huh. I laughed out loud. I was rolling. I was just like, <laughs> what an awesome. I wish that would have been the final line of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. 
Shit got wild. I have polar bear fly. <laughs> that line got spoken, and I was like, that caps this movie very well. It's so random. Mm-hmm. Unless you've seen the movie, it makes no sense to you. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, as I was writing down all of the crazy things that happen that this villain does, like the things he blows up, I was like, and then... Uh, and and then the hero goes like wild and starts like uh, and, and invades this guy's house and kills a guy with a polar bear and then the guy ended up not being not being killed, killed like, yeah. okay need to backspace that a little bit but he does have a fall on him that's <laughs> I see cool. you found my trophy room the only thing missing is your ass <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of good lines in this movie <laughs> I, feel I feel like the bad guys in in Roadhouse though all need to like work on your insults work on your yeah. comebacks because your your dialogue is very like have you hurt yourself <laughs> yeah your trash talk could use a little work i think <laughs> but i i get it i think roadhouse definitely kind of deserves the following yeah. it's got i think it deserves the hype it's so much fun it's so weird and so random mm-hmm. and like it's Swayze. I had so much fun watching Swayze. Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciated how complete of an experience it yeah. was, I guess. Like I, I anticipated it being a movie where there's bar fights and seeing fight scenes are like the reason you go to see mm-hmm. it. And it definitely had a lot of those peppered throughout that it kept keeps you interested and excited. But I didn't anticipate it having like something for everybody. Like you, it has all of the fight scenes. It has all of the the stuff that you would normally expect from this kind of '80s action movie. But all at the same time, there are very drawn out, long, tender romance scenes in it. That I was like, this is a little bit too tender for like <laughs> a, a night a 1989 action movie. Uh, this is certainly for the people that are seeing it because Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. is in it and they just saw Dirty Dancing and Ghost and they are ladies and they want to see uh, him. They, make they want sweet, some sweet tenderness. Love. They want some tenderness. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that this is a great movie that has something for everybody that you can see a dude's throat get ripped out and you can see him make sweet, sweet love to the doctor uh, on the roof with the shingles on his butt. It's and that's gotta be uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't. Feel you don't good. know till you try it, dude. It can't feel you gotta, good. You gotta try it out. Maybe it's a great thing. I don't think so. You get the cool air. You get well. The, the cool forces. air is that's not like I'm, the shingles. I mean, there's there's <laughs> you get the weird guy watching you the yeah, whole time. You why would you? <laughs> All right, I don't think i have much else to say about this movie i enjoy we're ending our dive into roadhouse with shingle sex all right shingle sex (laughs) try it once that's all i say i'll let you be the one to do that jake (laughs) okay i i i think the main takeaway like you said is exactly what you said at the very front which was the neo-western part of it this movie would not hold up or hold together if it didn't have that 
archetype of that guy who comes into town, cleans up the town, uh, kind of against his will. He's there for a job, ends up having to clean up the entire town as becomes the hero or the sheriff or whatever, and then rides off into the sunset with the girl. That thing is great and it will always be great. And I will like pretty much any movie that does it. So good on Roadhouse for doing <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say you and I, I can see you and I becoming kind of obsessed with this movie down the line. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Give me four or five more viewings and I'll probably be right it's there. Like, I really feel this is going to be that kind of movie where we're just like, I didn't have anything else to watch. Popped in Roadhouse again. Best movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's highly likely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we hinted to it earlier. Folks, my daughter keeps laughing yeah. at me for this. Like she just because <laughs> you've been weeping openly Dude. for the last. She week. hasn't. She won't watch any of them with me because she knows that it. Of course all not. Tear triggers. But yeah, folks, we're, we're uh, going to tell you our favorite movies that make us weep, or as I like to put yeah. it, the movies that put sand and dust in our eyes. Yeah, I got something Man. in both my eyes. Man, what's happening? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm so <laughs> tired of crying. At I know it, it's not we shouldn't have made it like a top 10 because fi- watching a bunch of them to find my 10 favorite of them <laughs> is a lot like, this is it's, not, it's a lot it, it's exhausting like I don't hate it it's it's <laughs> the good movies I like watching these movies but it is it's tiring. letting out a lot of emotions that I've been suppressing for Very a while. Tiring. And I like suppressing it. Don't let make me let it out. <laughs> well, and you're like extra feely these days. Good old children yeah. will do that to you. Yeah, more than I've ever been in my whole life. But yeah, so we're, we're doing our top 10 uh, tearjerker films. That should be a fun one to talk <laughs> about next week. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I have a at least a couple of surprises that I will be fun to bring up. Dude, if you put Roadhouse on your top. <laughs> okay. When Sam Elliott dies, it is the most impactful moment of the whole film. It's the soul it's of the movie. Exactly. I'm not judging you. And it's I just, felt it. It's an easy target. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage. That's fine. That's Sorry. Fine. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, look forward to that. Thank you for listening to our Roadhouse discussion. Um, Let us know what you think about Roadhouse and if you think it is silly or the best movie of all time. That seems to be the spectrum that we're working with. Uh, So I want to know where you fall. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at MovieBoners or MovieBoners.com. You can call in and leave a voicemail and we'll play it on the future episode of what you think because we are honestly dying to hear from you. Uh, what you have to uh, say we're doing a, a super fun kind of deal on our our merch right now uh make sure you put that promo code in get 20 percent off your order hey jake yeah. that's a cool Has sweater a... um oh why thank you <laughs> <laughs> this isn't uh okay so full disclosure Uh-oh. if you go to moviebonus.com and go to the merch store we do have a die hard themed shirt like this sweatshirt that says now i have a machine gun ho 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 for christmas perfect holiday season uh sweater but 
obviously we didn't invent that phrase. It obviously comes from the movie Die Hard. We're not the only people selling a sweatshirt <laughs> like this. I bought this long time ago <laughs> before we made one. But I, when I went to go find one uh, a year or two ago, I had the hardest time finding one that even looked good because a bunch of assholes just put the phrase on a shirt with the randomest font and it doesn't even look like what's in the movie. So I painstakingly went through Photoshop and tried to make a perfect as close as I could get because I'm not a great graphic designer, but as close as I could get capture the rendition of the diehard shirt like this. It is in our merch store. You can get it with 20% off if you use the code 100 EPS, EPS for episodes. Uh, so get yourself a diehard sweater. Get yourself whatever you want. And uh, cool we want to say it's thank some you. fun shit. Uh, yeah. Yes, go make sure you do that. Uh, I don't really have anything. I think that's, that's all we have to say. Until next time. Bam!